get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Phil, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Come on, St. Louis hockey fans, stand up and cheer. The Blues are back strong. This is our year. It's the Blues turn now. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Yeah, it's the Blues turn now. With that Al McKenna slap shot, you know we can't lose. Let's do that hockey. Come on, St. Louis! All over the hockey universe, the note is the news. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 16 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are live on Wednesday, October 10th, 2018. This is franchise episode number 149 all time. My name is Kurt Price. My Twitter handle is at Kurt Price. Bill Day and Jeff Ponder are here again. Uh, Bill Day's Twitter handle is at Billy Blue Note, and Jeff Ponder's Twitter handle is at jponder94. If you want to send in the show a tweet, send it to at LGB Radio, and we'll try to read that on the air. If you want to talk hockey live with us on the show, we'll open it up for listeners midway through the show. If you'd like to join us uh, in studio, if you will, uh, hopefully we have time for that. Um, if not, you can chat along with us in the YouTube chat, and the link was tweeted out in uh, on Twitter. Or you can, uh, like I said before, uh, send us a tweet on the Twitters. Bill and Jeff. Boy, how what a difference a week makes. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the enthusiasm? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, please check out the letsgoblues.com shop and consider buying a reasonably priced shirt, mug, or sticker. All proceeds go back into supporting uh, this show. Uh, and uh, the uh, what what what's the date, Jeff, of the uh, the Stander Ponley Stander <laughs> Stander Ponley Mup Camorial? Uh, <laughs> I'll, let me let me start that over. What is the date of the Stanley Ponder Cup Memorial Tournament? I've got like half a beer, man. That's uh, it's okay. gonna be a long. Night. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> November seventeenth. So that's coming up. Yes, it is. We've got uh, what about? A- five weeks and we actually still have not filled it which is uh you know hockey players we are the most procrastinatory people in the world you know i mean you guys remember playing in the the men's leagues and the you know hey are your money money's due by week two week nine there's still somebody who still hasn't paid so i'm not worried i know i mean this happens every year but Hey, that just means that if you've never played before and you want to play, there's a spot open for you. Goalie spots are all taken, but the skater spots are still open. And we just added a bunch of uh, items for the raffle. So one of those is a Vladimir Tarasenko Adidas jersey. Another is a Erie Otters uh, Connor McDavid jersey, which is pretty sweet. Uh, a couple other things, too. We got like a, a there's a car flag, a flag you can hang in front of your house that's the missouri state flag and has the blues logo on it um so we've added a bunch of stuff we're still looking to add more so if you or your business would like to uh to add some items email me at jponder94 
at gmail.com. Don't email the show because Jeff can never get that address <laughs> right. right. Just uh, tweet us, right? Right. Just right. tweet us. Tweet us. Uh, yeah. At, at, uh, did you say procrastinatory? Is that a word? Is that a word? I don't. I'm gonna say no. I I just kind of went with it. I I know I, what I know what you meant. So that's that. You know, the whole purpose of language in general is to communicate. And I got I got it. But I, uh, I think you're making up words. Looks, dictionary.com lists it as a word. Okay. What's it mean? I mean, I, I assume. To procrastinate. In a, in a procrastinating <laughs> in, in a, manner. In a procrastinating manner. All right. Yes. I Okay. I like that word, procrastinatory. Well, there you go. Let's let's try and every one of us should try to work it in throughout the uh, the episode. The It's the word of the show. The word of episode 149. Ah! <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> Do we have the Pee-wee Herman sound effect ready? <laughs> what's, the word, what's the word of the day, Conky? Um, it was Conky, right? Zombie. Uh, the official beers of episode 149. What? Uh, who wants to go? Bill, you go. I'll, I'll, You're, first. You're always first. I'll, I'll go first. I'm, I'm working on the Instagram post for it right now. Okay. Um, I went with mm. something totally different brewery I've never had before. Um, looked great on the shelf uh, at Friar Tuck. It's Big Bad Baptist Imperial Stout from Epic Brewing. Um, Where is Epic Brewing from? They are uh, Colorado <laughs> and Utah. So um, I've actually uh, Utah for being a Mormon state that frowns upon beer and frowns upon coffee. I've had some really, really good uh, beer um, from uh, Salt Lake City. Spent some time there. I have an uncle who lives there. Um, this one was brewed in Salt Lake City. It tells you exactly where it was brewed. This is release number 100 and bottle number 5423 from the Salt Lake City Brewery. So, very good. Cool. It's coffee, chocolate, whiskey barrel. Very imperial like. Very imperial. Do you feel like royalty? No. <laughs> uh Jeff, what you got? Well, I have not tweeted it out yet, so I know all of you are just sitting on the edge of your seats to know what I'm drinking tonight. By the way, Bill, don't be silly. Utah isn't a state. It's a city in Colorado, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? Do I, have, am, I, am I wrong? Do they, do they have poutine there? <laughs> they they have they do have a poutine. Yes. <laughs> How many poutines do they have? Just a poutine. <laughs> just one. Just, just one. I don't know. Everett, <laughs> is it all or just poutine. the one? Uh, so I am going with an old favorite again. I, I had this earlier in in the series, uh, but uh, contact tie from Four Hands, and you're probably saying, "Good Lord, Jeff, is that all you drink?" Well, um, it's the end of the season for it. And so I went up to Friar Tuck, which if you'd like to sponsor Let's Go Blues Radio, tweet us. <laughs> like that? I did it right that time. Very nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, Friar Tuck, uh, my local Friar Tuck, and they had about five cases left. So I bought them all because uh, I figure that'll get me through the winter. So basically that's all in my fridge right now. So uh, yeah, I uh, I had to go with Whatever was available. Uh, do you like to assault your taste buds with uh, a tasty caramel pecan brown ale? Does that sound appealing to you? Do you do you enjoy flavor taken to the next level? Do you enjoy nutty, sweet, buttery flavor with a with a slight hint of salt to tie it all together? Hmm? 
Who doesn't like that? That sounds delicious. It is, uh, if you do, and who wouldn't, it is the uh, Salted Caramel Pecan Ale from 4204 Brewery on uh, Main Street in Belleville, Illinois. So this is another local beer. And uh, they, I think they came out with this last year for the first time, maybe, or two years ago. Um, whatever it was. Uh, it was, uh, it's, and I enjoyed it last year. It's a very fall-like beer. It's, uh, you know, caramelly and pecan-y and like a Thanksgiving beer, if you will. Mm. It's good. I like it. It's uh, kind of, it's sweet. So, you, I mean, drinking a lot of it's not, you know, it's it's a lot to take if you drink a lot of it, but it's good. So try it out. I've I've not had it. Um I don't, I, I don't know that I've ever had anything from 4204. They have um I they have a bunch of beer there and they and there's a, I've had a few of them I like them. Uh the pecan is their like signature. And they have a really nice a big eating area, restaurant. Um I think it's a Tuesday or a Monday or a Wednesday special. I think it's Monday. Um they used to have it last year anyway. A steak a steak and like two sides and a beer for 10 bucks. Hmm. Or steak side a steak one side and a beer 10 bucks something like that. Um, it was, yeah, it's a, it's a really good steak for, I mean, $10. Oh, you're thinking you're getting oh, like a cheap little steak. No, it was pretty damn good. I enjoyed it. There you go. Have to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a neat <clears throat> place. So I want to give a shout out here to, uh, some people I know that are watching the show right now. Those up at, uh, Queenie Park, Midwest Sport Hockey, my hockey team, my Wednesday team, uh, that I sub for the medal named after Jack Black, of course. Uh, so yeah, thanks for watching guys. And, uh, uh, yeah, hope we, hope we do you well. Spoonful. By the way, I was told that I look like I stink cause I played earlier and, uh, I was told that it looks like I haven't showered yet. Well, it's not Saturday. So you haven't showered. That's what, that's what I said. I said I haven't showered since before my game on Sunday. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're a Sunday <laughs> shower. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, before, I like to shower Sunday mornings. I feel like that's the Lord's day before church. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or instead of church, in lieu of church, in lieu of church this week, I'm going to shower. <laughs> yep. That's that's my way of giving back to the community. <laughs> right. Uh, Spoonfudge in the YouTube chat says, uh, well, so he says, you guys are beer snobs. And <laughs> beer should not taste like sweet food. Um, we shall respectfully agree to disagree. I, yeah. Like, agree, agree to disagree. I've had many a great chocolate stouts and... Uh, um. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, all eight of them. All eight of them. What does that mean? You guys are beer snobs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're. Who, you're who's a, more of the beer snob? A, the one. The one who. The one who says that they. You know, they like the, the pecan beer, or the one who says uh, beer should not taste like sweet food. That's pretty snobby. Yeah. Beer should only taste like a certain thing. That sounds pretty snobby to me. I'm very accepting of beers. I like a wide variety. I don't. <laughs> I'll I'll take that. I'll take that criticism. Right. You know what? I I think he's probably a fudge snob. <laughs> Especially you can, if you he, can take you can take that so many ways. You, you could you could. Let's move on, shall we? Yeah. No, I was reading Spoon Fudge's comment on YouTube. He says you guys need to get the uh, Sony MDR seventy five hundred six headphones. You guys don't match. <laughs> yeah. No, we Bill and I have different headphones on, <clears throat> but that's okay. We're not rich and connected. <laughs> terrible. No, we can't. We can't afford terrible. matching headsets. Come on. Um, anybody want to try to call out Beats by Dre and them to sponsor? <laughs> yeah, us? Sure. Yeah, we'll wear them for free on the show. Um, why not? And we'll even uh, talk about them for a little while. If Dr. Dre would like to sponsor the show, 
you can tweet us. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, October 10th, 2018, 1979. The St. Louis Blues traded Gary Unger to the Atlanta Flames. Uh, Unger was a St. Louis Blues franchise leader in games, goals, assists, points at the time of the trade. So kind of like us trading for Durko, more or less. At the near, uh, well, Unger had played 600 some odd games. Yeah. So he'd been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, I got a. Uh, I've got something that that's going to probably derail us for about 20 minutes with this. Um, first of all, I, I do want to say if somebody just messaged me and asked if uh, I would give the website to where you can sign up for the tournament, I did not do that. Hmm. Drop in stl.com, far right tab. Uh, I think it says 2018 SPCM tournament. Just click that and then scroll down to where it says donate. That is where you uh, will donate your money to uh, to sign up for the tournament. Uh, but with this, um, Gary Younger to the Atlanta Flames. So I was having a conversation with someone. And and uh, I, we don't have it in the notes here, so I imagine we're not going to discuss it. The Hartford Whalers, the, the Carolina Hurricanes, are wearing that Whalers jersey uh, one time this year. They're going to have a heritage night. Um, so somebody asked me, would the Winnipeg Jets ever do that with the Atlanta Thrashers? And would the Calgary Flames ever do that with the Atlanta Flames? My answer to both of those is a definite no. I don't know how you guys feel, but uh, I feel like the Winnipeg Jets, they have done everything they can to, to try and make people forget that they came from Atlanta and that they're not the same franchise from before. And then same thing with Calgary. Well, Calgary, Calgary did. They had the A. That yeah, was the flame. Their assistant, their, yes. the, the assistant's A was the the logo. Yeah, from Atlanta. So I mean, that was like a little, a little kind of a yeah. throwback. But a jersey, though. Do you nah. see them ever doing a jersey? No, I don't think so. No, no, no. I. It's like it's like uh, it'd be like uh, what uh, Colorado uh, doing. Um, that would Quebec. be cool. Go back. That would be cool. I, I but would would, would they? That. Would they? I don't know. No, that's a, that's a cranky led team. They don't do anything. Like they were supposed to. <laughs> they don't do anything smart. They just go offside all the time. Uh, Spoonfudge, Spoonfudge says uh, Unger it was a good trade. He was nothing but a cherry picker. Unger was overrated. Well, that I that makes me feel sad because I have a puck signed by him. So it's uh, now I will always think of that when I look at the puck that Spoonfudge thought that Unger was overrated. Mm. Yeah, he was. Uh, it's before my time. My first game I ever went. Iron to Man. Iron Man Gary Younger. Yeah. He had a, he had a, he had a, 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 a statue out front, an iron statue out front of the, which went missing. Do you, you hear about that? We I tweeted yeah. uh, Blue History about that on Twitter. And for those who don't know, that uh, in front of the old arena back in the day, they had an iron statue that was created locally and then of iron of, of, of uh, Gary Younger for his uh, accomplishment of playing in so many games in a row, Iron Man. And the iron statue was out there and... I don't know when it went missing, but it went missing, and they don't know where it is. And it, was, it went missing before the arena was torn down, I think, or when it was torn down. But nobody knows where it went to. So, and we inquired with the at STL Blues History Twitter account, which is a, actually a good resource for everything uh, blues. And he was not sure either. So, he just said, "I don't have it. <laughs> I don't have it. I don't know." Uh, today's date: nineteen seventy. Al Arbor made his Blues head coaching debut versus the Rangers in a 3-1 win. And then uh, a then-record crowd of 18,362 was on hand for the season opener. It was the first of 782 career wins 
for Arbor. 107 of those were as head coach of the Blues. Uh, he had a regular season record with St. Louis of uh, 42, 40, and 25, and 4-7 and seven in the playoffs. And uh, he went on to win Stanley Cups uh, elsewhere with the Islanders. Yes. It's always, it's always funny to – I mean, obviously that record's not the greatest, the 42, 40, and 25, but – you look at all the great coaches the Blues have had, and they all have losing records in the playoffs. Yep, and uh, they all have win cups elsewhere. It yep. seems like, <clears throat> which is uh, just uh, adds insult to injury. That, mm-hmm. Oh wow, well, we, we'll fire this guy. <laughs> we'll let him go because we can't win with him. Oh, oh, you went to New York and won up four cups, huh? Oh wow, that's 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 impressive. <laughs> A Bowman, you went how many? How many? Wow, how many? Win six. Eight? Yeah, went to uh, went to Pittsburgh. Yeah, went to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Montreal. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Montreal. He, no, he went to Montreal. So he he was is. he was with Montreal first, right? Not as the head coach though, right? And then he we was, stole him from Ed Montreal. He was in the organization, organization, right? And then yeah, he went to Montreal, won a bunch of cups. Then you know, went to Buffalo, didn't do anything. Then wound up in Pittsburgh. As is the case with most people that go to Buffalo. Right. Right. <laughs> Looking at you, Carter Hutt. <laughs> oh, too soon. Yeah, considering <clears throat> the results so far this season. Uh, today's date, 1993. Brett Hall made his NHL coaching debut. Everybody's like, what? NHL coaching debut? He coached the Blues to a 4-3 to three loss versus uh, Team USA. Brett Hall was injured at the time. It was a... Uh, Exhibition preseason thing was was that the Team USA team featuring Ray LeBlanc in goal? Ninety three, man, that that might be. That sounds that's pretty close. Yeah, because that was that was before uh, the pros were playing in the mm-hmm. Olympics. So. Yeah, which was 98? I think ninety eight was the first. Yeah. Nagano, huh? Uh, this date, nineteen seventy four. Happy 44th birthday to former St. Louis Blues captain, Norris and Hart Trophy winner, Chris Pronger. Born October 10th, 1974 in Dryden, Ontario. Retire 44. Jeff, what do you think? What do you think? In honor of this, I do have my, I don't know if you can see it, or my abnormally large cranium here, but I do have my Chris Pronger 44 jersey hanging up with the red bottom because I wanted to make Kurt and Bill happy. <laughs> yeah, the the ugliest of all blues jerseys ever. Even the one that arched blues over the top of the note. It's no, I, it's uh, an abomination. Retire 44. Yeah. Uh, retire you know, 44. When a, when a player plays for a team for nine seasons, and over the course of those nine seasons, he establishes himself as an elite player in the NHL and arguably the best player in our franchise's history. You're going to have your bread hole people and you're going to have your McInnes people. But uh, uh, you retire that number. Mm-hmm. I mean, nine seasons. He didn't play for three years. I mean, he didn't play for three, four years where it's like, oh, he didn't play her long enough. Nine seasons is plenty long enough to retire a number, especially when he plays at the elite level and and it brings home the hardware he did um, over that time. So I, I, yeah, I, and every time I see the McKinnis statue out front of the, the building, and I want to get your guys' feedback on this, I always think, I, every time I look at it, I think, oh, yeah, he's deserving of a statue. You know, he played here, I think he played here a year longer than Pronger did. Was it 10 years? Nine years? 10 years? I think it was 10 years. Something like that. Anyway, uh, he, uh, I'm like, I'm thinking, why not Pronger? 
Uh, no, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I mean, McKinnis I mean, has I, his I, number retired, has a statue. Granted, he's still with the organization, and we've had this conversation on the show before, but he's... And so McKinnis has done more post-playing career with the Blues than Pronger has, but... Has he, though? Well, he's he's in the... He's he's an advisor. He's a... Yes, he is. he's a presence in the community somewhat. You don't see him that much, though, do you? But you, you, you see don't. him at games. You, yeah, but... So... Maybe this is a topic for another show, but um, how can you have Al McInnes, the the best shooting defenseman in NHL history, and you have a defensive core that relies on Chris Butler to put pucks on net? <laughs> <laughs> well, how was how was that happen? Colton Pareko, great goal in the uh, mm-hmm. the Chicago game. Why can he do that more often? If if McInnes is part of the organization, why is why isn't he at least? imparting his knowledge yeah you would you would think it'd be nice if he would do the go the brodeur route which he did his first season here which you know goalie coach i mean maybe he feels like it's below him or now with a hall of famer being a you know whatever goalie coach or a defensive coach or whatever but yeah i don't know Mm. i don't know attend some meetings (laughs) give us some inspiration i don't know i'm going to bring us back on course thanks bill dick Mm. Um, <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. I, all, all that I wanted to add was that, first of all, like Kurt said, we we had this discussion. Um, I wanted to say it was mid-September we did a show, maybe early September. So if you didn't hear that, we have a long, long, drawn-out, probably too long discussion about how the Blues need to retire number 44. So that's a, a good listen uh, for, for you, Mom, if you like listening <laughs> to your son. Um, but... <laughs> Um, no, I, I, uh, um, I'm with you. And let me ask you guys this question because I mean, we all know everyone agrees on this show. Chris Pronger should have his number retired. Let's say Chris Pronger gets traded to the Edmonton Oilers. He plays as long as he played until what? 2010, 2011. Um, but he doesn't have the success he had. He doesn't win a cup. He doesn't go to two other Stanley cup finals. He doesn't get consideration for the Norris every damn year. Do you think that plays at all into them not retiring the number yet? That he had success with other teams? I I would hope not. I, I, I it shouldn't matter. I, I don't know why it. I mean, I don't know why it would if it does. No, and I mean, do is there any insight? Has there been any kind of you know? Has the question ever been posed to him? Have the Blues approached him about it, and he's just said, you know, I'm not really interested in it right now. Or? But he but he comes back for ceremonies and yeah. and retirements. He's on the ice for all kinds of stuff when they have yeah. tributes and things. He's always here. I mean, it's he lives in the he he has a house. He lives here, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's here. I don't know. I, I yeah. And I mean, to me, I think I think what they're waiting on is you know when the Blues uh, miss the playoffs again this year and it's three years outside of the playoffs and they need to put butts in seats. That's when it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. When do we need When do we need to sell out a game? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I don't. I, it, uh, he is he is no longer being paid. Is that correct? I mean, he's done, or is his contract uh, oh, still yeah. going? Yeah, he's done. Okay, so that, I mean, did it's, it did it run out finally? I mm-hmm. thought because it was, he was like still I, I thought I thought it ended last year. I yeah, it, it's it's over. He's done. I thought it was ended last year. I, mean, I thought it was like really recent. Just it ended. It might, I think it was two years ago, but it's very close. Yes, it is. It is done. If he only, is no longer an Arizona Coyote. If only there were a, there were a website called Cap Friendly that would help out with that. 
I'll well, anyway, vamp, uh, vamp, you know what's vamp, funny? and I, I think I said this last year. Um, you know how I remember my wedding anniversary? It's the day after Chris Pronger's birthday. Ah, uh, that is, I'm not kidding, and I hope my wife can't hear me in the other room right now. But that is how I remember our wedding anniversary. Oh yeah, October 11th. That's uh, that's a day after Chris Pronger's birthday. It ended in 2016-17, uh, according to Cat Friendly. There you go. So two years ago. Yep. Um, so, uh, real okay. So, uh, uh before we get into the, the the first couple games, uh, it was announced that the Blues have a new goal song, which I was, and they said the urge was gonna create it, and I was like, oh, that's okay, cool, awesome, great, perfect. Well, we won't have a recycled song that somebody else is using like crazy, or half the arenas use when they. When they blow a hole, uh, when they score a goal, or it'd be, it'd be something unique to St. Louis, right? <laughs> no Joe Satriani goal song, right? And so the urge uh, created it, and uh, we got to hear it once on opening night, and it was, it. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but okay. First off, I heard the whole thing, and I, I like it. I like it a lot, but if damn, if it doesn't sound a lot like the Rangers goal song. It's very, very, very similar. It's almost like they heard it and just put in "Let's Go Blues" instead of "Let's Go Rangers," <laughs> <laughs> and added some horn because it's the yes, urge. right, yes, right. in the beginning, the very beginning, which I do like. I like, I like it. Yeah, um, it's good. And if the Rangers didn't have it, I'd be like, "This is great. This is cool." But uh, here, I and for those who haven't heard uh, either one, I'll play a, a little, a little of each for you here. Hold on. Here. Damn. Yeah, yeah, here's the uh, the urge, the blues goal song. Okay, so and here's the Rangers song. Okay. What do you, it, what do you put, think? Yeah. What do you think? Put in context. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I mean, it's a different conference. It's fine, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I my our group text at the time. My comment. I I think is appropriate. Uh, I think it seems like it's taken from a blueprint that was created from bad market research and old white people <laughs> thinking they know what the average hockey fan wants. Which actually reflects upon the uh, uh, comment in the um, YouTube chat that just popped up from Brenando, which is fun to say. Uh, they both sound like they were made 15 years ago. Which, uh, yeah, well, the Rangers thing's been on for a while. Mm-hmm. So, but, and then, and I, 
They had to have. I mean, a number of teams do songs similar to that. I mean, it's not unique to the Rangers by any means, but uh, that was the first thing I thought of. I like it, like you guys. I mean, it's, uh, like you said, different conference. It's not like they're using <laughs> Chelsea Dagger or something. Oh, God. Uh, but, man, I just... And we've had this type of discussion before. I just wish that it was something that was more related to St. Louis. And they could go two ways with that. They could go bluesy. They could go, you know, like the, the I mean, the blues go marching in. That was always. <laughs> they a, have a blues, a blues bluesy St. Louis song. It's called when the blues go marching in. Yeah. But I'm just saying like <laughs> bluesy is in like, they could go jazz. More jazz if you wanted, which I think people would still enjoy if it's an up-tempo one. Or what I was wanting when I heard The Urge was uh, going to do the song, I thought, oh, man, let's hear that Urge sound for a, a blues goal. Because I don't know how big of Urge fans you guys were, but I, I'm still a big fan of The Urge. Uh, Steve Ewing, I, I it, love everything that guy touches. It would have been, been, uh, been fun if they would have done a more urge song. Yeah, and it's just more, more not done. at all. Just to and see what that was like. It's fine. I mean, it again, like the the song's fine. People are gonna sing along in a year. Nobody's gonna even be complaining about it. But I just wish that they would have went to a different route with it, since the urge were the ones who did. I I feel like that's a song any musician can do. <sighs> Kurt was just snapping his fingers. That's all that was. Beer number two. No, I agree. I, and that's yeah. what I was expecting. I think everybody was. And instead, we got a Ranger song with some trumpets thrown in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, it's it's okay. You know, you got, I guess, in the mindset that you have to change things up every once in a while. But to me, all I ever want out of the Blues Goal song is... The horn goes off, and then the organ plays when the blues go marching in. That's yes. it. Yeah. That's that's all we need. We we don't need we don't need anything more. And now it's now it's now it's three. It's it's the horn. It's they they do play when the blues go marching in, and then they play this, yeah. which is ridiculous. I, right. I I I'm like I, I I it's it's too much. Right. Do the horn when the goal goes in, play when the blues go marching in, and just be done with it. And that's it. And let the crowd take over. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, and 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 they can't just go with the new urge blues song because then they're cutting out when the blues are marching in, and you'd have an uproar. So they really they really just they they just they can't fuck with it. They this you can't you got I mean you're gonna have I get wanting to uh, have more you know change it up or make it new or bring in a different kind of crowd oh the urge is uh, doing the blues song i'll go to the game but i really i mean i don't think it's gonna make a damn bit of difference how many people are in the stands based on a new goal song it's just kind of like a, a, a neat new thing once you're already there okay let's check this out once we're here yeah it's not gonna get anybody to go to the game is it i mean really That's no like, no 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 and i don't know i i, I think you know chelsea dagger is it was a stroke of genius when the Hawks did it at the moment that they did it. But now everybody has feels like they have that everybody's competing with them. And I think that's that's bad because you're you're not going to match that. I mean, at, at this point, it is the most annoying thing in the world because Chicago's, a, you know, Chicago sports fans have adopted it. Blackhawks 
bandwagon fans have, have just latched onto it. When I first heard that, I was like, you know what? That's that's actually pretty cool because it it elicits fan participation. Mm-hmm. The Urge song's not going to do that. It, the The Minnesota Wild, I think, were the closest to get to that, and now they've decided to drop Prince. I thought that was brilliant. Let's go crazy as their goal song. It's hometown boy. Mm-hmm. Do it. Mm-hmm. And they elected to drop that this year. Does anybody hate when the Blues go marching in? Or did people not want that played? I mean, is it is there like a are they doing market research that says, you know what, this song is, uh, people don't like this song, people don't want it. With the, well, let's do something different. Well, if they, they are doing market research, they need to ask people other than Patrico. <laughs> when they when they changed it last year to the Seven Nation Army song, and, and oh. this was a, this was a similar discussion, I guess, but mm. but we were way on the other side of what the hell are you doing. I feel like they just do these things. They they change the goal songs. They change the whatever whatever song, the opening song, every now and then, and it just it never goes over well. Yeah. And they always end up going right back to doing when the Blues go marching in. So I just feel like there probably isn't a lot of people against it. And why are you messing with a good thing? Now again, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not going to games because they're not playing when the Blues go marching in fine, whatever. You want to play a new song? Fine. Like I said, it's not a bad song, but I just feel like this is something, again, it's going to be another fad where they're going to say, yeah, you know what? People liked when the blues go marching in better. And within a year or two years, they're going to be back to playing that all the time, which is what everybody wants. Bob Rakowski in the YouTube chat said, uh, I give it three goals and two beers before I sing along with it though. And it's, I mean, it's, it, it, I can totally see like we, the fans, chanting along hey 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 with the, you know i get that I, that can happen after a while once everyone becomes familiar with it and and knows the words um but I, and i i and i think that can happen but the thing is is that it's i think at this point it's just too far past the goal at this point when you're already you got the horn you got the blues go marching in but but wait maybe there's a stroke of genius here is it long enough that they're going to push out towel guy but what's with the what's the okay i i I, there are a lot of people that hate towel guy towel man i i i don't i don't mind him at all but there are people hate him and some people i mean i whatever it is what it is i don't care if you like him or dislike him but i I just like i don't i that's kind of right do you you like towel guy towel man bill yeah or no (laughs) yay i like like him i i well i don't know him but I like the the bell ringing and the the, the counting. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, it's been it's going right. on for it's how many years now? Right, right. Uh, for a long right. time. It's it's great when you're scoring goals and leading games. You go up six to one on a team. There's no better feeling. But when you're down six to nothing, you score a goal and they do it. That's like one. Okay, yeah, no. Because we've only got one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's it's, it is kind of weird. It's, but it's contextual. Yeah, right? I know. But 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 at what point do you? Okay, well, it's six to three now. Do we do it now? Right. Well, it's okay. But uh, they would yeah. build, right? That. But that's the thing. It's it's contextual. It's if it's building, you're like, oh, we're and, and we're contributing. We're getting people pumped up. Everybody can. Everybody can count, <laughs> right? Bob. <laughs> Bob Rakowski also says uh, shouldn't have screwed with Angela either. The, did you? I mean, you guys have seen the new uh, 
the new in-game host hostess. Yeah, we saw her on Saturday together. Yeah, the mm-hmm. uh, when when Kurt and I went on a mandate. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I I and she was at the uh, the Blue Note 5K, which we both did um, on Saturday. So uh, what you just said. Yeah. Um, but uh, the exactly what I just right. Said. I was you. I was thinking you were thinking of the Blues game, the preseason game. I was like, what? Okay. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the she, I I would like to think she'll get better. <laughs> yeah, I mean she she's enthusiastic, which is good. No, that's, I mean, they, that's fine. they had a gentleman last year who I will go on record as saying was not my favorite person. He was an asshat. He was. He uh, he. I don't want to share too much of a a, a side story, a, a private story, but he uh, was not very responsive to me when I asked him if he was interested in coming on the show. Whereas he was a dick. As, yeah, for those who listen to the show, know that much more high profile people were excited to come on the show, <laughs> and he uh, he passed us off like we were nothing. And it's fine if you say no. I mean that's fine, but uh, he he didn't go about it a great way. But that's beside the point. He was not an enthusiastic guy. And when the thought was he was going to step in for Angela, it was like, what are you doing? Why? Because it was obvious he had no desire to learn the game, learn the players, get to know the fans. Um, but but you know what? This girl, she's young. Well, Kurt, what would you say? 20, 21? Oh, she's no. She's, I, I, I'm going to, like, 24. 22, 24. You think so? I, I, well, I, I'm gonna say she looks younger, a little younger than she is. That's probably true. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, she, she's enthusiastic. She's just not. She hasn't picked it up quite yet. But I've followed Angela since her River Otter days, and, and she I'm has sure... a restraining order against you because of that too. What's that? She has a restraining order against you because of that. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. Her and uh, literally followed her. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that's the joke I was going for. Right, that's that's followed her to her car and asked her if she wanted to come in my van for some candy. Your windowless uh, van. <laughs> but but no, I, I I mean maybe back when she started, she wasn't very good. I don't remember. I thought she was great. So, but but maybe that was just me being a, a dumb, horny nineteen-year-old. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it, you you and Kavanaugh, she'll get better. Yeah. Oh God, don't even don't even. Don't to show Kurt. It's not politics. It's, it's Supreme politics. Court. Po- politics are void from the Supreme Court. Don't you realize that? Uh, that's a that's a that's a thing. <laughs> I don't care. We're not getting into that, Kurt. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's not a political statement whatsoever. Talking about Kavanaugh. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> uh. Aaron Knox says, "Eh, the counting is fun," and I agree. It's fun. I agree with him. It's fun. But yeah, it's it is it is weird to, when you're down by a bunch and you're counting it's like celebrating we're down by a lot are you guys you guys ready for for this transition like last thursday mm. oh yes the the home opener against winnipeg where we lost five to one 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 <laughs> <laughs> we scored yeah didn't we score first no no i would have okay. no they scored <laughs> in the third period yeah that's right that's right that's right that's right because waiting for the goal song it was lopsided. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, advanced stats, and I think I think people who didn't look at the scoreboard necessarily, and, and you didn't, 
if you don't look at the scoreboard and if you don't look at the the, the goal scoring plays, <laughs> uh, you think, oh, the Blues did very well. I mean, pretty well considering you know that. But advanced stats kind of showed the Blues had the better of the play for most of the game against uh, Winnipeg in the season opener. Could but couldn't solve Hellebuck, uh, and uh, and the chances the Jets did have were were really good ones in tight on uh, uh, Allen at the top of the net, top of the crease basically, top of crease low slot. So uh, and Allen and then and then Allen Allen <clears throat> and then Allen couldn't come up big on a number of shots. So hence the score couldn't come up average. Couldn't come up average. Uh, I think which I, I think I think these numbers reiterate what you would the three of us were, were tweeting and, and what we've talked about and a lot of not just us I mean blues fans in general that they didn't really have a ton of chances but and again we'll, we'll get to Allen in a minute the defense didn't look very good for mm-hmm. the blues so they were the chances mm-hmm. they did get were high quality they were mm-hmm. and and it's a it's a it's one of those things where it, it it's a it's a harder thing for um <clears throat> the your average traditional fan to recognize uh poor defense for the most part as opposed to poor goaltending because you'll see a lot of times where if a goal is allowed it's always the goalie's fault which is a bunch of horseshit uh we all know that but and we've been critical on Allen on this show a lot um because he's deserved it um this game was, you know, like we said, Allen didn't come up big, and uh, the Blues defense hung him out to dry a lot. Yeah. So, and that combination <laughs> led to the five to one score. I, I mean, it is it's a, that in a nutshell because the Blues. I mean, um, it, the the, uh, the um, what is it here? The uh, Corsi five on five. The, the Corsi five on five stats show the Blues had much better to play most of the game. Um, five on five. So there's so there's that. that and that and that was a good sign. And I thought that and after that first game, I was like, wow, that five to one score sucked. But I was not, I was not disappointed with the way the Blues played in the offensive zone, even though they couldn't score. They had a lot of really good chances, and Hillbuck was fantastic. There um, was a save he made in the third period. I don't remember uh, who it was that shot it, but he slid across and just right. he had no business it, it making was, the saves he made. It was right before the Lowry shorthand goal. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 And uh, so, and I was like, okay, well, this is just one of those games where it just seems like it happens to us more than everybody on the team where, gosh, we really played really well. We just couldn't beat their goalie. Um, and I think that was, that was the case in the offensive zone. Defensively, we, we had some problems, but uh, it is what yeah. it is. First game of the season. Okay. Right. Whatever. Yeah, willing to write that game off completely, you know, because yeah. it, it is the first game of the season and the, just were firing on all cylinders. They, were, they played. They played. They took advantage of the opportunities they had, and uh, we did not. And that's it in a nutshell. The Bronx cheers in the game, which pissed me off. Pissed Bill off. I, 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 I took it. Let me let me say what I want to say about it, and then you can you can go on your little your your piss rant. <laughs> um. It happened. Uh, they they were talking about this, and I said this that night. But they were talking about this. Uh, McClement uh, on the uh, pregame show for uh, the Flyers game tonight, uh, when Elliot got uh, gave up a lot of goals uh, the other night, and the Flyers fans gave him the Bronx cheer, and and McClement echoed exactly what I said um, that if you're an NHL goalie and you give up three or four goals, bang, 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 and then you make a save, 
you're going to get the sarcastic cheer from the stand. That's just, that's just the way it's going to work. And I, and I, and I, when Panger pointed it out, I think he made it worse, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. They probably should have just, they probably should have just ignored it. Uh, but Pang said, oh, that's not deserved. I shouldn't do that. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe Allen didn't deserve it. But that happens all the time. It's not like that. That's not like it was exclusive to Blues fans that night. Where oh my God, how could Blues fans be so? They're 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 Bronx. They're giving Allen the Bronx cheer. That's what hockey fans do, though. That's what they do when a goalie gives up a bunch of goals and then you make a save. Everybody, they always get the sarcastic cheer. That's, that happens all the time. But but we're not Flyers fans. No, we're not Flyers we, fans. We don't throw batteries. No, in we our don't. Goalies. We don't boo Santa Claus. But here's the thing: is that it happens, and Panger's seen it a thousand times. Right. And now, to make he made a big deal about it, and then all of a sudden, social media is pitching about it. If they would, if he would have ignored it and not said a thing about it, um, it would have been a very minor thing online. I know it. But Panger made a big deal about it, and he made it into an issue. Right. <clears throat> so, I defended Jake Allen. Like I, I tweeted, "Stop it, you fucking cretins." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't don't boo him. It's it, and the reason why I did that is the point that it, we made during the show last week that goaltending is a lot about confidence, and all they were doing at that point was eroding his confidence. He gets the Bronx cheer. He gives up two very very <clears throat> mediocre goals. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, that the what turned out to be the game winning goal. You go back, you break it down. It is not a good goal. It it's not. I mean, we we talked at length about this. That there there is... are a number of people on social media that would vehemently disagree with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Petro. So so okay. Your captain completely shat the bed on that play. What the fuck are you doing? Trying to dive to keep a puck in? Yeah. At that bad. point in the game, he's had a rough start to the season. He's Petro's been terrible. He needs mm-hmm. to, they need to take him off the power play and just make him focus on the defensive that's, end. That's of what the I game. said in our preseason show. I was yes. like, I don't know, I don't like seeing Petrangelo on the power play, right? Make him focus on that. However, <clears throat> he dives at the other blue line. Allen sees Lowry <laughs> the length of the ice and he gets backed up by Lowry's speed. He doesn't stand, not not to use a, a phrase that I absolutely hate, but he doesn't stand his ground. <laughs> he needs to not back in. When Lowry released that shot, Allen's still backing in. And he's on his goal line. That You cannot do that. His form was terrible. He was not prepared. Even though he saw the guy coming for but, three quarters of the length of the ice. But Bill. It, it was a bad goal. But Bill. It was a breakaway. You can't blame the goalie on a breakaway. And and sarcasm, right? I mean, that that yeah. that was a that's a common theme uh, when someone is breaking down very loosely, breaking down a game. Oh well, this goal, you know, was a two on one, so you can't blame the goalie. And this one, you know, the defense uh, totally blew coverage in front, so you can't blame him either on that one. And this one's a breakaway, so you can't blame the goalie on that either. No, 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 no. You can blame the goalie on all of them. All right. But it's every goal is a case by case on a case by case basis. Um you, a goalie can look really bad on a breakaway, like we talked about, like All and right. you said. And yeah. but and he did on this one in particular. So I will throw it out there if any of our listeners are technically proficient goaltenders 
explain to me what the advantage of right pad vertical on a breakaway is. Why are you not trying to take away the bottom of the ice? Why is your stick out of position? How easy is it to go five hole on a breakaway in this day and age? Alan, he wasn't ready. He was still skating backwards. That is the only explanation I have for how he was in the position that he was in at the point that Lauer released that shot. It, Challenge him. It was the defense's fault, Bill. It was the defense's but, fault. Breakaway. Bob Bob Rukowski just said in the YouTube chat, and and I think he's kind of get he says kind of what we're all getting to. When Allen is aggressive, usually he's a much better goalie. Here's the and thing: that's, with, the, that's 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 the case. We yep. all agree with that. Well, and, I, I think and, I think he runs. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. He'll keep calling me. He'll keep calling me. Go ahead. <laughs> all, go, all that I want to add to that go, go, is go. that I think that uh, when Jake first came up with the team years and years ago, not that he was spectacular his his rookie year. I don't. I mean, I think he was good, but a lot of his good saves came when he was at the hash marks, at the circles, and. He's just not doing that anymore. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if it's timidness on Allen's part. And and let me be clear too that I I agree with Bill 100% that the Bronx cheer was ridiculous. But um you know, I that that play in particular when that puck went in, I just thought, "Jake, what happened to you? He used to be he didn't used to be the most aggressive goalie in the world, but I mean, God, he used to come out and challenge the shooter. And I'll tell you, as a shooter, when the goalie comes out far and you're like, okay, I've, you know, I just got to either try to burn him with speed and get him off his game. Which is not your or, game. No, it's not my game. Not at all. <laughs> um, you know, I got to try to burn him and get around him where I just have an empty net. Or I, you know, because it's, it's, it's intimidating when a goalie comes out far like that. And Jake just does not do that anymore. Jeff's breakaway technique is lull him to sleep. No, his breakaway technique is uh, lift the leg. But the thing, That's right? The, leg kick, baby. Well, so Rakowski's comment on uh, uh, Mike Rakowski. That's I was just thinking of uh, Monsters Inc. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, just I, I say what's in my head. I say what's in my head. I can't help it. Um, so uh, he said, when Allen's aggressive, usually he's a much better goalie. I think you can say that about every goalie. I mean, you 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 need a goal. You you can't be sitting back on the goal line. You can't be sitting under the crossbar. Um, I think goalies are better when they challenge uh, shooters in general. So I think, I think Allen's problem is that um, he's better when he's aggressive. However, I think Allen uh, runs into a problem too, where he's too aggressive. He slides out of the net, um, and he will challenge. He he challenge. He he doesn't necessarily over challenge, but he just. Just keeps on going. <laughs> he's, he's the energizer body right. of right. goaltending position. He'll, he'll, he'll challenge a guy, and he'll slide out, and then he'll just be mm. eight feet out of the goal, right. uh, halfway to the corner. And it's right. like, ah, dude. Not so, to jump too far ahead, but that I saw a screen cap in the game in Chicago where his, his pads are both outside the post, and the play is still in front of the net. How, how do you get in that position? And you know that when when he's on was Bartuzzo on top of him sliding into the corner? <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> but when that's when that's been your problem your whole career, how have you not corrected that at age twenty? Yeah, I, I mean that's and that's some of this stuff is it makes you worry about you know this guy is. There are some mm. things like you should have that part down. 
by now. I mean, right, right. We've, um, yeah. the The thing that scares me is we. I think we as a fan base, and apparently the GM on down uh, did this as well. We all just hoped that he had figured it out at this point. Well, and now I'm scared. Two, two games, guys. Two I, games. Oh, yeah, no. It, it is, it is right. And, Small sample size. Yeah, and I, I said that to a number of folks online. I was like, yeah, well, I mean, it's fun, and it's it, it's fun to, to I mean, the season started, everybody's itching to, to, to go, and, and they're, they're uh, locked and loaded, ready to, to uh, talk about hockey, and then all of a sudden it happens, and, oh, I want to talk about it, and then all of a sudden the Blues uh, come out of the games real slow, and there's a lot of problems. And people are like, oh my god, and they're just like pissed off, and the world's ending. It's like, okay, pump your brakes, right, kid. Right. It's from Tropic Thunder. It's it's it, <laughs> you, you. It's it's. I mean, yeah, there are some issues. It's two games. I'm not gonna. I don't think Petrangelo's gonna play that way the whole the whole season. Um, I have my doubts about Allen, <laughs> but um, well. And also, the first two games, you're missing your best left defenseman. Yes, and he should which, be back. They're right, saying he should be back. Right. That That's, I think, a tweet we cover a little bit later. Yeah. But going back to the fancy stats that we put in, in the show outline, if you look at the heat map of the shots in the Winnipeg game, it's, it is the left defenseman. <laughs> <laughs> where they got their their strongest efforts and you know where they scored at least two of their goals from that you know so yeah edmondson is a big shot blocker um that's five on five too yeah so i hopefully him coming back shores some of this up uh, well it, it, it is crazy how um the the majority of their chances are just right on top of the top left crease. It's just yeah. right there. Yeah. And the blues are kind of spread out. Um, they're more, they're more towards the, the middle the, the of hash. the slot, right? Middle of the slot, uh, 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 edge of the circle on the left side. And, uh, Chris from the point, Butler. Chris Butler from the point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point. That is Chris Butler. <laughs> from the point, from the left point too, they took some shots. Um, but the blues didn't get quite as many good opportunities in tight. Um, but they had more of them. Uh, spread around. Right. So, right. but I, oh, I, I, I mean, I'm ready to. I, I wanted to talk about Chris Butler. If you guys have any more about the Go analytics, ahead. let's, let's Mr. <laughs> One, two, three strikes are out. Um, with so with, with Butler, um, we we were messaging throughout the game. Uh, there was one play in particular, and I think a lot of Blue fans noticed it, where the kid line was out there, and. Uh, they would cycle the puck well, very, very well. And then the minute it would get to Butler's stick, it would be a high shot. He did it, what, three times, four times? It was on one shift. High left. High one left. Shift. one shift. Every yeah. time he got the puck. It was like, mother, come they on. Would, they, would, they would cycle it. And uh, who was his partner in that game? Was it Schmaltz? Schmaltz. It was. So Schmaltz would get the puck. He'd look at the net and then find the pass. And then same thing with all the three forwards. The minute I went to Butler, he would rifle a shot at the net, not even at the net, <laughs> way wide. And it, it, what are you doing, In the general man? direction not, of the net. Yeah, if you're the sh- not Eric Carlson. If the shooting lane isn't there, uh, you know, bank off the boards into the corner or cycle it or something. I mean, it. You know, if 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 the, if the game plan is to shoot wide and the and the you know the forwards are ready for it, okay. But I mean, I don't, don't think that was the plan. 
high off the glass is never yeah, yeah. high off the shot. glass is never the plan to shoot no <laughs> that's true and in uh so in the, not just that plane i don't mean to just dog in the guy i mean he was just sent down thank god but um <laughs> yeah don't want to dog him too much <laughs> no yeah he's, he quite honestly i thought he was one of the standout defensemen in in the uh, Blackhawks game, right? I mean, he 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 was the only one that was trying to put the puck on net. It is true, trying, <laughs> trying. He scored, trying but score. he he did score a goal. He had a seeing eye shot from the point that went in. I was I was actually very surprised that that he was the guy that gets sent down in place of Jarabak, who's visa cleared I, by the way. Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to to see what he can bring. But I was surprised after the Winnipeg game, and we should definitely get into the Blackhawks game here in a minute. Yep. Mike Yo said that he thought Chris Butler played was a quote outstanding yeah. or really hmm. well or however he worded it. And we were all like, "What? Did you watch the same game as us? I thought he looked out of place. He didn't look good offensively. I thought defensively." He was all over the ice. I mean, he, I, I don't, again, I'm not, I don't want to sit here and dog the guy. Cause like I said, I, I, like I said last week, I support Chris Butler. He's a St. Louis boy, but get off the team. My God. We, yeah. there's, there's too many young Jake Wallman's out there. Right. That deserve his time when there's an injury. Right. And so we were both at that Winnipeg game in February last year. When Chris Butler made a pass to, uh, was it uh, Perot? I think it was Perot. He passed behind everybody. There was nobody else in the zone. He's got the puck mm. along the Blues defensive zone boards. Perot's 10 feet behind him in the middle of the slot, and he hit him with a perfect pass. I don't know how that happens. And I'm like, at that point, it's like, okay, Chris Butler, your NHL days are behind you, bud. <laughs> Congratulations on the career, but see ya. And and he's the guy that gets the call up or, or gets makes the team over, you know, somebody like Jake Wallman. Yeah. Why 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 aren't we, you know, again, I'm impressed that the Blues did away with Yaskin and didn't have Thorburn on the team right away. They went with the youth on on forward, but why why aren't you going to do the same thing on the defense? Why do you have to have Chris Butler there instead of Jake Wallman? Why? That's a, why? That's a, you know, ninety nine percent of the people commenting are fans and don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Let's be frank. That's 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 the answer right there. <laughs> we don't need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of the show, <laughs> Darren Kimball. That wasn't Darren Kimball. That was um, uh, was that uh, that was the uh, host, I think. Of the, that was friend of the show, Jim Cromer. That was Jim Cromer, Blues it. NHL podcast guest guest over the summer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good guy, real good guy. How <laughs> dare you, Kurt? <laughs> that was funny. I, I will that was, defend. That was perfect. That was very Jim well Cromer timed. At the end of the day. <laughs> that was very well timed. Thank you. I was waiting for it. I was like, when should I play this? Oh. Uh, so uh, no, that's a good comment though. That is funny, <laughs> and he's right. I mean, you're right. He's right. He's 100 right. So I'm glad we're in the one percent. Jolly, jeez. Thank God I'm not in the 99. Holy cow, that would suck. All right, do we have to talk about this Blackhawks game? Uh, we don't have to. We don't have to. We can turn the show off right now if we want to. 
But good night, everybody. Yeah, good night. Hey, uh, so yeah, so uh, game two against Chicago, uh, Blues jump out to a two nothing lead on goals by Pareko, uh, which is on the power play. Um, maybe not the best goal to give up by Ward. Uh, he saw it. He just missed. It. I mean, it was it was good. I mean, it's a Pareko's got a fantastic shot, but I think from there Ward sees it. Uh, went under his glove, I believe. So uh, on, over the pad on the glove, or just just to the left of his glove. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I watched the the Blackhawks game the next night against the Leafs. And <laughs> I'll I'll just say that I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that it was Pareko shooting hard. Okay. <laughs> Given the other goals that he gave up in the next night's game, oh, those were awful. Um. Tarasenko uh, then scored on a failed clearing attempt by the Hawks. Uh, O'Reilly kept it in, and uh, uh, a nice play at the blue line. Jumped up, kept it in with his glove, and uh, then dished Tarasenko, who scored on a second effort, uh, kind of stuffing it in behind Ward. So that was uh, – and that was oh, fantastic. Okay, all right. So we played well. I mean, you know, the forwards played pretty well against Winnipeg, just couldn't score. Um, and now uh, in the first period against Chicago, we're up 2 nothing. Fantastic. Good. Um, Chicago is not supposed to be very good this year, so this should be we should be rolling. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Chicago scores the next three. So Kane, uh, you know, a couple. Uh, Kane's goal was a defensive breakdown. His his uh, he starts off in the in the in the corner, and then curl and then skates up on the boards, curls up by the point, and then curls to the front i think that's the, the hawks second goal i think um and then he just and tarasenko watches him go by he just tarasenko's playing uh a covering left point and he just watches kane go by and he doesn't do anything doesn't try and get a stick on him doesn't try and impede his progress doesn't uh, get in the shooting lane nothing and then uh, i forgot who it was i think it was the other forward uh, uh on the play uh, kind of tried to slide over to uh block kane's shot but didn't get it and kane scored so but that that was that was bad. That was a that was a horrible defensive zone coverage uh, all around, uh, mainly by the forwards because Kane skated. I mean that that's that, that's their job. And Kane skated out towards the point and just curled in. No one was on him. No one cared. I'm like, it's Patrick fucking Kane. I don't know. Yeah. Did I mean Fonder? Your thoughts we, on? Well, we've we've discussed a, a little bit here that the defensive play has just been awful, and it's not just the defenseman. I mean it. We all know it's it's you know when you talk about defensive play, it's your forward stepping up and and making the right play, and, and you know if the defenseman's caught off guard with something, the the forward the a forward has to step back and, and take his place uh, and take that man, and that just did not happen in that play. I mean, it was just if if that happens in game, you know, forty five against a fourth line player and he just has a great shot that, that scores on uh jake allen or, or chad johnson we're not thinking twice about it it's okay bad play shit happens but like you said kurt when it's patrick kane i mean that that's a guy i mean that's a guy that, that when, when he's on the ice not only do you notice but you say someone shadow him in the offensive zone someone has to stay on him and that just didn't happen. I mean, it's it's something that that again, it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen again for Kane. I mean, he's he's an elusive player. He knows how to get himself open. He knows how to exploit defenses. But every time it happens, it's well, how the hell was he that open? And and for the Blues, 
case here, it's just not looking good for their defense when they allow that kind of play multiple times in two games. I think if anybody goes back and checks the highlights and watches that goal, uh, if they didn't notice it at the time, that watch Tarasenko. He does nothing. He watches him. Literally, he's standing still and does nothing. He could have uh, skated with him. Uh, it may not have been his guy, but that's a time where you have to kind of rotate your responsibilities and, and shift over because he's – I mean, you, you can't just let Kane walk to the top of the slot and take a shot. You can't do it. So I mean, that that's like Tarasenko for us, you know, for the Blues. If, right. If a team lets Tarasenko skate to the top of the slot and just take a shot and score – you better believe that head coach for the other team is going to be ripping his team a new one in intermission. And I get that Tarasenko's responsibility. I mean, he's not – you don't want him sliding in front of shots. You don't want him uh, sacrificing his body necessarily to – you know. Uh, but it's Kane. And all you got to do is skate with him and, and get your stick out, try and get a stick on stick when he shoots or something. Um, Make it hard on him. Disrupt him. Yeah, get in the way. If I mean, tra- in that play, like you said, Kurt, he just waltzed in. I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe we're not even talking about this goal if Tarasenko or whoever is sticking with him and Kane just makes a nice play, gets a shot off, and, and beats Allen. Okay, yeah, Patrick Kane's a hell of a player. He's going to do stuff like that. But when you allow him to have that time and space, it's not good. You can't let that happen. So on the uh, Hawks, uh, I, Kane's goal was the second goal, I believe, uh, tied up. And on the uh, go-ahead goal was a, actually a break for the Blues uh, coming in the offensive zone. Bozak had the puck and uh, kind of had on the right wing and uh, went to make a uh, drop pass, kind of a forehand drop pass to Steen. And uh, Keith got a stick on it, tipped it away. And then Steen went to you know try and adjust and, and uh, slam on the brakes to go get the puck, and he blew a tire. And then the Hawks got a two-one the other way, and then uh, you know two-on-one shot, rebound, score on the rebound by uh, Kruger. Kruger, yes, Kruger scored. So, I mean, that was just a. It was a. It was a. a Bozak can't let that happen. I guess you could say, on that play. Yeah, I think that comes with chemistry. I mean, maybe again. Game two, we you know we're not. I know none of us are, are freaking out about it. It's gonna happen. You're you know slow start, whatever. They had a great start last year and didn't make the playoffs. So I know we're not sitting here. That's <laughs> that's what everyone's out. saying. That's what everyone's saying too. It's like, oh, great start last year. We missed the playoffs. We'll have a bad start yeah. this year and make the playoffs. I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, well, it doesn't it doesn't work like that. It doesn't but, work that I mean, way. I mean, it, <laughs> it's, oh, that's not the formula we're going for. Um, you want to have a good start and a and a good middle and a good finish, um, right. but yeah, you, know, you don't want to dig yourself out of a hole ever. But right, but yes. But in an eighty-two game season, it's two games, you know, and and the Blues oh. will they'll adjust and and like I said, we're we've discussed this. It's it's game two of a, a new offense, you know. Yeah, maybe again, game forty-five. Maybe Bozak isn't trying that play with Steen. And if he is, Steen knows what he's doing. He sees Bozak moving in front of him like that. He's going to know, okay, here comes a drop pass. I mean, that kind of play is something that he probably did in Toronto on a nightly basis. Uh, He's just, his team's not used to him doing that kind of stuff. So I think that's something that'll correct itself with time. I mean, we, we kind of all, uh, the three of us discussed, we thought that a lot of the uh, chemistry in, in at least game one 
was a little weak. Uh, it it kind of felt like the Tarasenko O'Reilly maroon line were kind of going through the motions, doing a lot of the same kind of stuff that the three of them do. And uh, Hellebuck was able to read them well. I think you're kind of seeing the same stuff against Chicago here. I think it's a lot of, okay, Bozak likes to do this. And, and uh, you know, Keith, he's a hell of a defenseman. I mean, yeah, he's maybe past his prime, but, you know, he's going to read that play and he's going to know what to do. I mean, that's just a good play by Keith. And uh, I think, again, it's just something that it's going to correct itself in an 82-game season. You just hope it comes sooner rather than later. And uh, Tarasenko uh, tied it back up on the improbable almost save by Ward. Holy hell. Yeah, was... That could have been the save of the year in the second game of the season uh, that didn't actually – it wasn't actually a save. Right, <laughs> kind of like Robert Thomas in the first game. Yes, exactly. Pulled the puck over the line. Yeah. But... To to have the presence of mind to get your to throw your stick behind you like that, and to have the reflexes to do it, it's great. It's unfortunately for Ward, yep. stick was three inches the wrong side of the line. The the uh, the highlights on NHL.com, they have the uh, the Hawks announcers for that goal, and you hear the the uh, uh, they're doing the play by play and uh, Pat uh, what's his name Pat Pat Foley Pat Foley. Uh, the, when the horn blew to stop play after that save, what they thought was a save, um, you hear Olchek go, oh, no. <laughs> 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 I was like, he knew it. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> They're going to look back. Did they say it won't cross the line? Um, so Bill, that, Bill, in your illustrious goalie career, uh, how many times did you make a save like that? Um, let me count. <laughs> He's taking off his shoes. Um, Bill actually maybe, has a flow chart in front of him right now. Maybe once in practice. Okay. Actually, because your actually, defense was so good, they didn't allow shots. Right. No. <laughs> no Bill, they, Bill's they, actually only made five saves his entire <laughs> That's That's not true. Uh, there was there was a uh, one year playing Cahokia uh, men's league. I was on a team that, that didn't know what defense meant, and we played a team that had uh, several uh, washed out semi pro guys, and there they would spend the entire third period in our zone <laughs> just passing the puck around the net, and I made a couple of saves like that. But uh. the scores of those games were like seventeen to two. So, huh. not fun what is, games. What is what is the greatest save you've ever made? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, mm, I'd have to think long and hard on that. Um, but uh, <sighs> vamp, yeah, <laughs> vamp for about two hours, please. What's the what's the greatest goal you ever scored, Jeff? I know you're a defenseman, uh, typically, uh, yes? It was definitely, um, well, I mean, it depends on the situation, I guess. But the one that I remember best is um, a tournament we do every year, not the Ponder one, another one that I play in every year. Uh, and I was with a leg kick. <laughs> I scored a, uh, yeah. a shootout uh, tournament winning goal. So I scored, uh, made it 2-1 uh, to one in the shootout. And then my goalie uh, made the save, um, and we ended up winning. So 
uh, at that point, I mean, I thought I had a pretty terrible tournament that year. Um, and uh, even my goalie, who was amazing, uh, Chris LePage, he's about your age, Bill. Does it sound familiar to you? No. No? Okay. Sorry. Because he played, he played college. I think he played Truman. Um, Chris, uh, he... He made an unbelievable save, and then after the game, I'm like, you won that for us. And he goes, no, man, and he handed me the puck. And I'm like, dude, I had an awful tournament. I got lucky. And he was like, no, man, you won it for us. And I'm like, let's not let that get out because that's not true. <laughs> like, I also let in about five goals that whole tournament. I was uh... – mine was – I was playing in a tournament uh, in college uh, against um... – Purdue. I was playing for SIUC when we were playing against Purdue. And uh, I had I had two goals in the game. And then I uh, was the second-to-last shooter in the shootout. because was a tie game going in the shootout, and uh, I scored in the shootout. So the, the shootout goal, I think, was my most memorable goal. So that was, and that, got, that, that put quite it, the shootout career. That, that put us into the finals. Well, and, and uh, that puts in the finals against Missouri Rollo and we lost to them, which kind of sucked. But yeah, no, that that shootout goal against uh, uh, McNew, uh, McNew in, in the uh, Pounder tournament last year was that was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. McNew is a hell of a goal. Yes, he is. That yes, was, that he was is. a nice goal you scored. I ne- I'll tell you what, man. In a million years, I never would have thought that move would have worked on him. I had never ever in my life tried that move in a shootout before. And a penalty shot or anything. It was just a. I'm not a fake hey, slap Kurt, shot. Yeah. I'm not a fake, fake slap shot. Come fake, down and fake slap shot to the backhand is what Kurt did. Fake slap shot to the forehand. I yeah. fake slap All shot. Forehand. It was the That's Dean right. Youngblood. It was. Well, I didn't go uh, uh, bar down. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do that. I, I made. I didn't. I was not getting cocky. I. Uh, I just slid it in because I, I had all, he was he was down. I had all kinds of open net. You didn't circle behind you. No, nope, didn't uh, didn't uh, puck Kick didn't the puck between your legs. Didn't do that. Uh, no, I uh, I just fake slap shot and I uh, he bit it. And to be honest with you, I told you just after I did that when I I didn't know what move I was going to do when I came in. I I started in on him, and when I wound up for the slap shot, I thought I'm taking a slap shot, and then. On my downswing, I changed my mind. <laughs> so really, I I probably sold it pretty good because I had to like really stop myself when the, my stick hit the hit the rink, and then so I just kind of just coasted. And he bit it, and I coasted to my right, and I slowed in. So that was yeah, that was fun. That was a good tournament. <clears throat> um, let's see. Uh, after then, we got Butler, who scored twenty two seconds after uh, Tarasenko scored on a uh, crazily fantastically played slap shot. <laughs> upper blocker uh, from uh, from out uh, from out top to give the Blues a 4-3 lead 22 seconds after uh, turn circle scored which was like oh yeah here we go we got this we got this alright they came back but we, we took it back in the third we got this nope nope <laughs> uh, Taze uh, com- uh, uh, scored let's see his second of the game his second of the game on a on a play where uh <sighs> Petrangelo looked pretty bad. Uh, Petrangelo actually looked bad on the day's first goal because he uh, that that goal where he uh, that sl- the shot that was tipped wide, it deflected wide and then came back in front and then uh, Allen looked awkward because he didn't know where the puck was. Mm-hmm. And Petrangelo lost his man Taze the side of the net and uh, Taze out muscled him for the puck and scored. And on this one, if you watch the replay, P- 
Petrangelo is spinning around. He, he's like turned around completely, doesn't know where Taze is. Taze had eased off him a bit, uh, and Petrangelo was too close to the goal, and and uh, I think it was a rebound shot that, that Taze put in. It was just a bad-looking play because then Petrangelo sees Taze last second with the puck and tries to go down to block it, and he can't. <clears throat> it just, he looked bad on the play. He, he's, looked, he's looked bad the first two games, which we've talked about. Yes, and in contrast, the Hawks have – have embraced the fact that they need to score goals because they don't have goaltending. Not right the, now, anyway. Yeah, unlike the Blues, you know the the Blues, you know, play like the goalie's going to bail them out at some point, and that hasn't happened. Well, Crawford's supposed to come back not too long, right? I mean, well, if he can, uh, if he can, if, he, I mean, if he's, he's cleared, he's you know he's battling concussions. They were talking about. Well, I, they gave the impression, uh, some commentary I saw, that he might be back soon, assuming things progress as they... But I, how, how do you know? Yeah, and then how good is he going to be? I mean, right. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. You know, Cam Ward, he... Cam Ward had one good series when... Or one good playoff year when Thank the Canes you. won the Cup. You're, you're, he's, he's, he has not proven himself a career long good goalie in the nhl his season this year is bad like he that... he he to me is a goalie that jake allen should strive to be which because which is scary streaky <laughs> it's a streaky goalie and and like people after he won that cup people were claiming that he's the best goalie in the nhl and that's just not the case positionally and and bill obviously you can speak to this better than me but positionally, he, I don't know, I feel like he tries to go for the big save and just misses. Mm. Um, he's just never square to the shooter. And uh, he just has holes. He has holes all over. But every now and then for five, six, seven games, he'll just mm. figure it out. But then one, two, three bad goals, all of a sudden he's back to being Cam Ward. And I mean, again, I, I feel like that's the kind of thing we can hope for Jake Allen. Everybody brings up, and, and Kurt, you you brought this up in the debate with uh, uh, Lance a couple weeks ago. You know, everyone brings up that, that playoff series against Minnesota. They don't win that series without Jake Allen. Yeah, you're right. They don't. But how long ago was that? When was the last time we saw that Jake Allen? And, and in, yeah, in, it was five games. Get that Jake Allen to play three, four times a year for a stretch of seven, eight, nine games, they'll make the playoffs easy. And if he can go on that run in the playoffs, who knows what this team can do. But we just haven't seen it consistently yet. And that's the thing, too, is that with, with you brought that up, um, that the the folks that are that love Jake Allen, um, they, they, they always, that's what they reference. And it's like, you know, that was a, that was a while back. I mean, it's kind of telling that you don't really have a whole lot to to reflect upon positively for remember him since then. Remember that one series? Yeah, remember the, the one series? That, that 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 one time. Remember that one? Remember that one series a couple of years ago? We played five games. He was fantastic. Yeah, I do remember that. He's that was five games out of his two hundred and fifty game career. <laughs> so, uh, what have you done for me lately? Um, so yeah, I and then uh, to to wrap up this game, the uh, game goes to overtime and. Uh, Dunn shoots the puck into some shin guards, and the puck goes the other way, and Taze gets a hat trick and uh, on a great shot that now this is a goal that 
this is a breakaway goal that you cannot really blame on Jake no, Allen no, because no. Right. this was a fantastic shot off the crossbar and in. I don't care who you are. You're not stopping that shot unless you're 15 feet out of the goal. And then he's just going to go around you. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it was a hell of a shot. Yes, it was. <laughs> and yeah, no, no fault to Jake Allen on that. But apparently all the fault in the world on Vince Dunn, who doesn't get the start tomorrow. Yeah, he's going to be a scratch for the next game. Uh, it's got to be because of that play. Has to be. And that yeah. pisses me off. Yeah. That fucking pisses me off because... So you send Jerebeck down, or you send Butler down because Jerebeck's visa clears, and you're not going to... I guess that means... Edmondson's a go, right? He 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 said unless there's a setback, all all signs point to him playing tomorrow. So, and I think that the problem with people have with Dunn being sent down is that Bomeister has been kind of bad this year. Oh, so awful. this yeah. year? <laughs> well, <laughs> and and so um you know, has Bomeister ever been a healthy scratch um since no, he's been he, here? So, I I, I want to say career, he was Yo, Yo did it one time. I think his first when he first took over. I could be wrong. If, if, but I if, feel well, like that did happen. I don't remember that, but I, yeah. if he did, he did. But I, I, I from what, from what, I, first off, Dunn does not need deserve to be scratched. It, the, I, I, the, the the writing was on the wall the past few days with the with the pairings and practice because it was him and and uh, Schmaltz, I guess, on the uh, on the the, the fifth or the fourth pairing. It's it's the same shit with you. I know. Young guy makes a mistake and sits. And that's happened with Dunn a lot. I mean, if Dunn, when Dunn makes a mistake, boom, press box. It's like... And that's... Well, that's my kill, like like Bill right. just said. Yeah. I mean, it's, every it's time... It's the young guy. Jay Bomeister. Oh, it wasn't Bo's fault. Oh, well, Bo had a um, bad game. Bob, Bob Rakowski said in the chat, uh, talking about the Chicago game, uh, the kid line played less than 10 minutes all game. And uh, he says, uh, I think that may have gassed the other three lines. Just a thought. Maybe you're right. Well, I mean, hold on, though. These, these young guys, have you, you got to give them a chance. But here's the deal with the fourth line, though. That's that's typical fourth line minutes. Ten minutes. It's, right. It, it is. But I that's mean, Mike Yo. That, I, Mike Yo's fucking dinosaur thinking. Well, I, I, that's Play a, the fucking kids. That's a good point. But you're going to take, you're gonna take you're gonna minutes away from the, the top two lines? To play the fourth line? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. And, and yes. I'm fine with that. Yes. I'm fine with that when the fourth. It's a long fucking I season. I'm fine with that. I'm just letting people know because people, people, uh, you know, are are kind of saying, oh, well, they're, they're, he only getting six, eight, ten minutes. And we want to put a soundbite again. <laughs> no, I was going to say, do you have a Trump soundbite? People are saying. Oh, people are saying. Yeah. Or, no, or I, I do not. I do not have that. Where no. But the thing is, is that, that that I think people expect. Oh well, you know they want to see Thomas play. He's on the fourth line, and fourth line minutes are eight, nine, ten minutes a game. But well, that's, that's not typical. Your typical fourth line. I understand that, but however, if you give them more but minutes, Mike Yo is your typical NHL fucking coach. There's only sixty minutes to, in a game, and you you those minutes have to come from somewhere else. So if they're playing, if the fourth line's playing more minutes, that means less time for the top two lines or three lines, which I'm okay with. But I want people to understand that, okay, if you're playing the fourth line more, that means less time for Shen and Schwartz and Tarasenko. And that's fine. Shen and Schwartz have looked awful to well, start the year. I know, but I don't... Schwartz looks so slow. I know, but 
But yeah, well, so... they they have a history though of you know where they could just take over a game too. So mm, they haven't proved it yet. So not play this season. The kids, not this season. Play the kids who have energy. I'm all for playing the hot line, especially when the fourth line is the way it is. But I just don't want people to say, "Oh, why is Tarasenko only getting 12 minutes tonight?" Oh, I was because. You know, oh, uh, no, nobody's saying that. What what I'm saying is that that's what would happen. Oh, Tarasenko only played 14, 15 minutes. He usually plays more than that. And it's like, okay, well, that's because they had to give three or four more minutes to the fourth line. So, Kurt, how much is Mike Yo paying you? I uh, am not at liberty. Hey, what's next on the? Uh... <laughs> so, so anybody want uh, foreshadowing of what the whole first period of tomorrow night's game is going to be discussed on the Fox Sports broadcast? How great Jay Bowmeister looks. No, no, <laughs> <clears throat> no. Um, so the Flames are in town and, uh, you know, they have uh, uh, Kachuk's kid, one of two. Brady scored his first NHL goal. Was he that- did. Was that Congrats, last night? That the, was last night. Right? Tonight, the puck, tonight. Yeah, the, tonight, the yeah. puck went off of him. <laughs> he didn't shoot it. <laughs> but but he did have. I'm just he, saying. I'm just he saying. He did have a really sweet shot though that that he did score on. He scored his first goal tonight. Yeah, and then I guess he had a second. Goal. Okay, maybe he did a second goal. I, yeah. I from what I, I watched the first part of the game, and his first goal was it went deflected off of him. Yeah, no, there was there was one where I I don't know maybe it was a replay of a preseason. I don't, but what I saw on NHL Network earlier uh, that the between period show on NBCSN, he had a uh, it was like a two on one. He took a shot from the slot, beat uh, beat the goalie clean. Okay, it was nice. All right. Anyway. Darren Peng just tweeted out, looking forward to game three on Thursday night at Enterprise Center as Kachuk E. Cheese faces off against old teammate Robert Thomas, who now resides at the Kachuk residence. Yes, because they both so, played on uh, the London right. Knights together. Correct. Yeah. So we'll hear five oh, yeah. times about how he's staying at Kachuk's house. Oh, and yeah. Is very well fed, I assume. And the. <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. And there's a, there's a, apparently a story about not touching the remote. I'm sure they'll talk about that. It's, yeah. So and, and, and this Kachuk stuff t- writes itself. Well, Kachuk took in Bacchus and, and Stepney. Why, no, yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Um. So no, that's cool. We love you, Pegger. That's cool. Um. But yeah. So so the Blues they do uh, play Calgary tomorrow night and yeah. Calgary. Real quick, Calgary. I want to jump back on the on the Vince Dunn thing. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing else really needs to be said about it. We, Bill, Kurt, and I have all expressed our opinion on, on Yo and, and how he still plays the dinosaur game that, that Ken Hitchcock played. Um, but to me, and I don't know how Armstrong feels, Armstrong admitted Ken Hitchcock was his best friend. Letting go his best friend was hard for him. Mike Yo is not his best friend. So if he keeps scratching guys who clearly do not deserve to be scratched and then they end up losing, Mike Yo could be out of the job. But I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, but I'm saying if this trend continues, yeah. Mike Yo's job does not look safe. Especially when you're scratching a guy with Dunn's potential and talent level. He's not... He's not right. a, a butler type right. player. He's, he he took a risk. It was one bad play. Yeah, you don't punish him for that. That happened last year too. He made he right. made a bad play in a game. One bad play that led to a goal, 
Right. And he got scratched the next game. It's like, God, you know what? And he did that every every time Tage Thompson made a mistake, yes. he took periods off. Yeah. And that I, you can't have coaches that manage that way, that you can't make any mistakes. Young players have to learn from their mistakes. And if you have to give them air to do that. And if you're going to bench a player who is not playing as well as they should, then you should be benching Bowmeister. Yeah, I, that, 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 I, I because I mean, I yeah, I get it. He's had a fantastic career, but he has regressed. He is not the player he was. No. I don't think anybody expects him to return to that level. So no. it's not like okay, he's, we got we got to keep a, in, a third pairing guy yeah, at this point in his right, career. Right, and I think it was not. It didn't do him a service to have him because of the injuries he was playing with on the top right. line with Petrangelo. Right. So that was out of his element at this point in his career. So. Hopefully, if Edmondson plays tomorrow and we got Bomeister back, uh, 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 Bortuzzo back, uh, hopefully, I think is he on, he's on the second pairing now, isn't he? he, he I thought they had well, him on the second pairing. Well, I'm we'll see it, because the, you you gotta ease Edmondson into the game, <laughs> right? Uh, he Edmondson was paired with Petrangelo though on in practice, right. so that, that's yeah. And I mean, everyone, everyone knows my thoughts on Bo Meester. I know you guys share the same, but there were, and not to get back into the game on against Chicago, but there was a game, there was a point where I think it was Kane. I mean, it granted Kane is an excellent skater. One of the best in the NHL, one of the best in the world, but he just flat out walked Jay Bo Meester. I think it was in the first period and had a good scoring chance on Jake Allen. And it's like, that guy is not – he can't keep up with the elite skaters of the league. And like Bill said, third-pairing guy. Yep. But Mike Yo is going to keep throwing him out there in pressure situations against these top guys when a guy like Vince Dunn should be playing more minutes. And I'm not saying Vince Dunn is the greatest defenseman in the world. He's not. He's, he's an okay defenseman. But I trust Vince Dunn's ability to get back into a play – more than I trust Jay Bowmeister's at this point in his career. Jay Bowmeister four years ago, yeah, he gets walked by Kane. He's still sticking with him, and he's still able to get back and and cut down angles and and keep Kane to the outside. But I mean, it's clear as day he just does not keep up with the top talent in the league anymore, and that's fine. All right? But stop using him in that way. And here and and I think uh, he won't be used that way with uh, a healthy defense as much, hopefully. hopefully. Right. But the thing is that too is that uh, uh, with Dunn being, you know, uh, defensively being an average guy, um, he will also in the offensive zone uh, create opportunities and points in the offensive zone if given the playing time. So I think he will make up for any shortcomings in the defensive zone. You know, and I, to be honest, they're not as 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 prevalent as Bowmeisters are, anyway. So, it's a it's a it's a net positive in the defensive zone, and it's a and it's a huge net positive in the offensive zone for Dunn. Generally speaking, of course. So I I, I don't so I don't know exactly the mindset other than Yo's being he's a veteran, he's making a lot more money, he's going to play. Do we want to talk about uh, Joe Vitale's uh, comments on KMWX today? Because it's going to be more Alan bashing. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll read. I'll read them. Um, actually, I have the. Uh, do I have the clip here? Okay, here. I think let's try this here. 
See if this what works. a great vamp that was. Here's the, here's the, this is Joe Vitale on uh, KMOX, uh, interview by Tom Ackerman. Hockey-wise, you know, I think we've seen 10 goals in the first two games, and the biggest thing that I've seen is, you know, the defensive zone needs to be kind of cleaned up quite a bit. And Mike, you'll address that after the second meeting, where the defensemen and the forwards in the D zone just not cleaning up in areas. They're not being hard in front of the net. They're not being tough to play against. And, and you saw it was pretty evident as the Jets and Chicago kind of rolled in here and put five up each game. And that makes it hard on Jake Allen, doesn't it? Not excusing him now. He's given up a lot of goals, but they could play better in front of him. Yeah, the the flack that Jake's got, in my opinion, is completely unwarranted. Uh, you know, you look at some great goalies around the league, you know, Tuka Rask, Marc-Andre Fleury, Matt Murray, all, you know, debuting with five goals against. And the reason for that is that, you know, teams still got a little bit of those bad habits from the summer. They're not kind of honed in yet. They're not being tough to play against. And, and that's very evident here with the St. Louis Blues. And, and Jake, you know, he, he has let up 10 goals in two games. But the defense in front of him and the forwards helping out down low has not been where the Blues needed to be. You know, you look at a couple goals there in the Blackhawks game, the rebound goals, one with Taves. And the other was Kruger just sitting all alone in front. And we have two blue bodies sitting right there, but not taking the body, not taking the stick. If the Blues can clean up those kind of things, it's really going to help Jake and it's going to help the team moving forward. Okay. Uh, you know, real quick, I just want to say uh, that he's right. Um, and But bad habits, it's not just the defense. I think it's Jake Allen, too. Yeah, and that's, um, that's what I was going to say. I, I, I think he's right and he's also wrong. He, and and here's why I say that he's he's right about the defense, hundred percent. They we've talked about it. They need to be better. The Corsi stats back that up. Um, it's not just you know uh, dumbasses' uh, opinions. The keyboard uh, was it the uh, keyboard, keyboard, keyboard tough guys. warriors? Keyboard tough guys. I've never seen so many keyboard tough guys in my life. So uh, so stop <laughs> it, <laughs> Jeff Pond. <Jeff> <laughs> However, uh, by the way, is this a good time to mention that I do not own the LGV radio Twitter account? That is all Kurt Price. <laughs> However, uh, what bothers me about what Vitaly said in the clip, he's, you know, he compares Allen to Rask, Flurry, and Murray, who have all won cups. Nope. Nope. Different, uh, different right. leagues. Different, different leagues I, entirely. I, yeah. And so they have the pedigree. They have the hardware. Um, you can't say, oh, well, they've had slow stars, Jake Allen. Jake Allen was not at their level before. So so, so and a slow start with them can be excused because they've shown they can play at a sustained elite level. Allen has a recent history of shitty hockey. <laughs> and he has no cups. So you, you can't compare him to those guys. Uh, the criticism of Allen is warranted. Uh, because he was the huge elephant in the room coming into the season. And that's not just, you know, not knowing their ass from a hole in the ground uh, from social media fans. That's, that's, that's sentiments from experts around the league, as well as the computer models that, that are pumping out the things before the season, which we're, we talked about. And uh, you know, so, you know, and people that are on the blues payroll and Kamux's payroll, you know, they, they say certain things that, you know, they're not going to be overly critical. And the thing is, is that, when Alan Alan has been singled out, he's a he's a he's a single entity. He's not part of a defense or part of an offense. So everyone everyone always is very quick, and I've I've done this. Everyone's always very quick to rally around and defend and not blame your goalie. I get it. You know the the Sarasenko's been very vocal about uh, not 
not blaming Allen. It's it's on the, the team loss or a team win. It's it's on the defense. We got to be better. Um, I get it, but you know from so and Vitaly is the same way. He's not going. To, he's going to protect the single entity that's been singled out and blame it on a defense, which is a group of players who can who can uh, uh, diffuse the the blame among over a group of people and not single out one person entirely. So it's, it's totally natural for Vitaly to say this. But I think people have to understand that he's just protecting Jake Allen. He's not really speaking from being honest. You know what I mean? Right. I think this this the start of the season, and I I mentioned this a couple of times uh, in our group chats, and I think at least once on Twitter. This the start of the season is the worst case scenario for Jake Allen. He's given up ten goals. In two games. Yeah. And not getting the support. And not getting the support. Right. He doesn't have a backup goalie that we can rely on long term. Doug I, Armstrong did him a huge like it, it was a huge risk for Doug Armstrong to say, you know what? Chad Johnson, he's our backup <laughs> this year. We're gonna go ahead and bring him in. And, you know, that this will tell Jake. He's number one. There's there's not somebody there. And and it's not it, it hasn't started well. The Bronx cheer, I was angry about the Bronx cheer again because I I hate that his confidence is gonna get eroded in the first game of the year. But Dude. it's just not he, at this point, what what else are we gonna expect? We're we're stupid to expect Jake Allen to take this team into the playoffs it's 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 not logical were you were you surprised at the uh the bronx cheering that he got i mean surprised mm, that's because, I I, 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 like i said before i think i was just i was just annoyed that panger brought it up because it was like he made it into an issue where it's like you hear that kind of shit all the time. It's just, I mean, whether it's warranted, I, I heard it and I cringed. I'm like, oh man, don't do that to him. Right. And that, but that's it, it. It pissed me off again. But coming from the the goalie perspective, that it's just going to erode his confidence. Do, it, it's give him give him a break the first fucking game of the season. But isn't that kind of telling though that that it is. a Bronx cheer to a right. goalie is going to like kill his confidence and like ruin a season? Right. That's like, but come on. He's, and that's the thing. That's the, the, the more I've thought about it, he's fragile. Well, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, the, the rumor was that he was seeing a psychiatrist in the offseason, which, uh, I'd probably think more goalies should probably do. <laughs> what are you, um, what are you saying? Not, not you in particular. What are you saying? I was just, maybe you, you should. Maybe you should go actually. Have you ever? <laughs> do you know what? Do you know? I know where you live. Uh, right. I know you're, well, you're in my house right now. <laughs> I would hope you do. <laughs> Bill, calm down. Go see a psychiatrist. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, I don't want to make this show all about Alan bashing because I'm sure there'll be plenty of that to go around this season. But uh, <laughs> there are 80 games left. There are, and I, like I said before, I really do hope the guy just turns it around and and can 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 play well in spite of the team that might happen to play poorly in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it would be nice. And Korak said this on Twitter, and I agree with it 100. percent it would be nice if he would come up with some huge saves, some saves that he isn't expected to make a little more often. Yes. And that's that's exactly where I'm my, my that's where I stand. I'm like, you don't have to 
be the best goalie in the league. You know, make the saves you're supposed to make, and a handful you're not supposed to make. Right. And that's and and then and then uh, hopefully the team can score enough that you'll win. Slightly in Allen's defense. Slightly in yes. Allen's defense. Goal scoring has been ridiculous to open the season. It has around the league. Yeah. I yep. mean, we're seeing seven nothing, seven six, That's true. seven four games, and it's just been eighties crazy. That's it's true. Le- it'll level out, you, you and what, you gotta what? hope that it's gonna level out. It's going to level out for Jake Allen as well. You know what that, that worries me? If 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 offense is up this season, it kind of worries me that our goaltender is is not playing at a higher level <laughs> a little bit <laughs> that that if there's gonna be a lot more chances against him that concerns me it always happens every year either either offense is really up to start the year or offense is really down to start the year it'll it level out it's gonna be fine you just have to hope again that if it levels out for 30 nhl teams it's gonna level out for the blues as well so uh, Korak tweeted today that Edmondson, which we kind of touched on earlier, said he wants to get through the morning skate tomorrow before making a decision, but he looks good to go. Said he feels really good. So I think that can only help things. The Blues have proven in the past, especially late last season, that they play much better with him in the lineup and they don't play as well with him out. That was part of the issue to end the season last year. So, um, And from Jeff Jones today on Twitter, uh, he tweet out something that just makes you, I mean, it's, it's something, it's a stat that's out there. You can see, but he said, Mike Yo has coached four 82 game seasons in the central division. Here's where his teams have finished fourth, 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 fifth. So you see that and you're like, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you look at someone like Bruce Boudreau who, yeah, I mean, his playoff success has been lacking, but that's a guy who finishes first almost every year. Yep. And it's like the polar opposite with the Blues head coach. Uh, so I think it's it's shitty to see in writing, but uh, yeah, we have a mediocre coach. <laughs> we <laughs> I I texted you when we got him when we when we signed him. I was like, I'm not crazy about this. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling yo. It, there's there's a lot of hope in Doug Armstrong's decision making. I, I, I think that's a conclusion that I've reached at least this evening. Jake Allen, number one goaltender, Mike Yo, head coach, long term. How um, long is Yo's leash? Well what well okay yeah, it depends. Um who, who, who's whose leash is shorter? Allen's or Yo's? Like if we're at December and we're under five hundred. I think it's but here's a, here's the difference though, I mean, and, and we've talked about this before. How easy is it to fire your head coach? You can't fire your goalie. Right, it's it, gonna well, be hard it, to trade him. It comes down to replacement. It's a lot easier to replace a head coach than it is to replace a starting goalie. That's true. He, he, he not to bring up the the name of my least favorite coach ever, but. When you hit your wagon <laughs> to a starting goalie who doesn't ever perform, it's it's a much more dire situation uh, trying to figure out the replacement than it is for head coach. And again, it's two games. It is. But, it is. But I think, I think I've said this on Twitter a number of times that it's two games, but then again, Allen is under a microscope. Um, Yo, to a lesser degree, but he still is. Right. And um, and at this point, do we expect anything different from Jake Allen? 
it's every year, every year going for the last at least four seasons. It's been, well, this is make or break year for Jake Allen. Well, you know, it's funny. Two games in, it feels like he's broken and I, I want it to change. I want it to turn around, but, and maybe it's a function of the fact that we've had, you know, we played two games and we've been off five. So we've had a lot of time to stew on this, but damn, I, I don't yeah. like the prospects. It's almost like um, there are some people out there that never want to blame or give credit to the goaltending for anything. There are a number of people out there that, that when you bring up Elliot's name, oh no, he, he played in front of a fantastic defensive team. And then, uh, so it's on, so that was on the defense. So the Elliot, Elliot's success was on the defense. And then now it's, Allen's uh, struggles are oh no well the defense is just crumbling in front of him, um, and there's some some truth to both. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a team game, but uh, it's just kind of funny that uh, it's for some people it's it's never the goaltending when really uh, the goaltender is might be the most important position on the ice. To so, be honest, so let me ask over this the history of your fandom. Of the St. Louis Blues, who was the best goalie in the team? Patrick Colleen. That I've seen? That I've seen? During my <laughs> fandom? Yes. Oh, man. It's it's a, it's a Joseph Elliott toss-up, I think. It really yeah. is. I mean, Elliott's got the numbers. He leads goals against average, save percentage. He's the all-time leader in both shutouts. Um, he's got the stats. And uh, I don't give all the credit to the D on that uh, with him. I, think, I would I say I would say, I would say system. I would say I do too, and I think I would say I would say Joseph. I would say I put, I'd put Joseph ahead of Elliot, um, just because I think uh, it's kind of common knowledge, or it's widely thought that Joseph is the best goalie not to be in the Hall of Fame. So, see, or to never win a cup, I guess, or whatever yeah. it is. See, I would I would actually go with Grant Fuhr. Okay, well, I, see, he didn't play here as as long. That's why I he said did, that. he didn't play here as as long. But if if Kiprios doesn't end his season, I think the Blues win the cup. That's yeah. I mean, if I assume they get past Detroit that year, I I thought Casey played pretty well against he did. Detroit. He did. So, but Grant Fear is not going to. No, I know. Up. That's that's a glove side right. shot for right. Grant Fear. Oh yeah, it is, and glo- and that's a glove it, save, and the and, glove save is a strong point. Right, and so. and Jeff, just just so in case you're you're missing this, we're talking about the Eisman goal that you have to talk about every season. <laughs> Every every see every show every, every damn okay. show you guys have to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my answer to that question, it's I mean it's 100 percent with with Kurt. As much as I hate to give him credit, um, it's got to be Curtis Joseph, just because the inordinate amount of shots that man faced in that awful uh, defense they had there a couple of years there, um, and then even after that when he was facing. 25 30 shots a game he still was an elite nhl netminder and then uh but i put brian elliott second Mm -hmm. and i know our friend chris frank over at the blues hockey podcast is screaming at his ipod right now oh but uh yeah yeah. well you know what though i mean uh you know stats rarely lie unless 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 it's plus minus (laughs) and i'm I'm sorry but i i know that he wasn't didn't have his best series against the san jose sharks his last year with the blues there but I mean, we talk about Jake Allen, how the Blues don't get past the Wild without him in that series. The Blues don't get past 
that Dallas Stars offense. They don't get past the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks without Brian Elliott in goal. I mean, yeah, yeah. he was phenomenal in those series. Right. Yeah. That was a huge, huge. I mean, we didn't win the cup that year, but beating Chicago in seven games, uh, that was a monster win. Mm-hmm. J- j- just to kind of get over the hump of beating Chicago, that was right. that was huge. That was like a mini Stanley Cup in St. Louis to beat those guys in that series. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, the the end of that playoff year, Elliot forced the decision and yeah. and and Armstrong said, Well, if that's your case, uh, how do you like Calgary? Yeah. You know, that that it And he hasn't been the same since. He's no. it's a different system, a no. different I I get it. But um Yeah, I, I mean it like that happens a lot too. As, though. as a lot of people pointed out on Twitter, uh, how many goals did he give up last night? Eight, yeah. eight goals. Right. However, if you if you watched if you, I, I watched the the intro to the uh, Flyers game tonight, and I mean, there's only I mean, you can take it with a grain of salt because Seven their apologists were Yuri Letera's fault. Their apologists, you know, McClement and the, the the broadcast crew, they're gonna you know defend Allen like like Pang defended him against the the Jeers, um, but. Uh, they were saying that 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 those those goals were on Elliot. I didn't see him, but that's what they said. And uh, they said the team quit in front of him, and he, but he didn't. He was battling the whole way. So, you know, I mean, it's it is what it is. Um. Yeah. I. I. Uh, you know, you talk to Red Leafs fans, and that's tell you that Curtis Joseph is one of the most overrated goalies in the NHL. That's because by the time he got to Detroit, he wasn't. The Curtis Joseph we saw in St. Louis and Edmonton and even Toronto. Was it the um, was it the series against Anaheim where he was with uh, Detroit where that was a that was a goaltender's duel? Jaguar right. just Jaguar and uh, I was, think I want to say Joseph put up an under two GAA in that series and right. lost it. Jaguar, that is the greatest goaltending performance I have ever witnessed in my life. That was amazing. Jaguar single-handedly got the Ducks to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, and and that was also the, you know, the debut of Mike Babcock, head coaching genius. But <laughs> Jaguar, I to this day, like you show me any of those games in that series against Detroit, Jaguar was phenomenal. Best he- goaltending performance that I can recall in my lifetime. He's one of those guys too, that has had an up and down career. He had some great years and some years that were like, what the hell's going on with this right. year? Right. Do you, yeah, he drafted by drafted by the Hartford Whalers traded the gallery flames. Was it <laughs> nobody until he got, he wound up in Anaheim and he, he was just, that was, mm-hmm. he was a, a goalie on a hot run that, that God, I, I absolutely loved that series outside of Pronger's contract. Isn't Jaguar the last Hartford Whaler that played in the NHL? Yeah. I, I believe you are correct. Mm. Cause uh, yeah, he outlasted Jeff O'Neill. I think Jeff O'Neill yeah. was right up there. Yeah. So, so use that for your next trivia night, blues fans, which I'm sure is a common question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's do, uh, want to do social media fails? Yeah. Blues social media fails. I got a few on here from, uh, you didn't add any, did you? I have a different copy of this. I did not. Okay. 
So we got a few here from uh, on Twitter. Ah, uh, <laughs> and so there's been a lot of interesting things being said after the uh, first two games of this season. But on uh, October seventh, uh, zero pucks to give says that uh, Jake Allen is the man. Retweet if you agree. <laughs> and he had a his five his four point nine one GAA, which is fortieth out of forty five goalies in the NHL, and his eight one eight save percentage, which is forty fourth out of forty five. Uh, he's the man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all know that, that Jake. I mean. Chris Pronger would have a bad night, and I would defend the guy. You know what? Uh, players have off nights. Chris Pronger, you know? Hall of Famer. So I, <laughs> Chris, Chris Pronger's Pronger. Never, you know, let's face it. Chris Pronger never had an off night. But uh, if he ever did, I would have defended him. And uh, so I get it. I get defending your guy, but this is not the time. Zero bucks to give. Well, there's a there's a few. So buckle up. There's a few more. <laughs> Can I take the second one? Go right ahead. So our friend. Somebody who uh, who I enjoy sometimes <laughs> on Twitter. How do you enjoy yeah, how do, them? How do you Jeff? enjoy them? Oh, shut up! Don't call me Mr. Blue's Hat. Ha <laughs> ha! Take that. Um, it's it's past eleven. He's asleep. This is <laughs> this is from Leah CK fifty five, and uh, anyone who follows her knows that she could be a fun follow. But uh, she also has some things to say that we disagree with. Uh, we don't deserve Tarasenko. Next thing idiot Blues fans will do is run him out of town. Just saying with how stupid Blues fans are, I won't be surprised if it happens. Quick to place blame on anyone. You know what that's from? That, that's a response to, right? What? That's the response to all the Allen uh, uh, criticism that's been going on. Okay. Because she, yeah, she's basically, she's a, one of the, a huge Allen supporter. So, I mean, she's, that's that's basically oh they'll attack Allen so let's hope they don't run Tarasenko out of town too for defending Allen. No. Um, different situation, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a uh, yeah. And uh, I don't get the whole don't deserve Tarasenko. I mean, <laughs> Anaheim Ducks fans. Uh, you know, ninety nine percent of the people commenting are fans and don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Let's be frank. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. <laughs> That's going to be used a lot. <laughs> that I mean, honestly, it's a great comment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, she says uh, for the next one, you want to take that one, Bill, or you want me to take it? You, you can go ahead all and right, do it. All right. So this is from Leah CK55 again. Uh, no, Alan's not perfect. No goalie is, but would y'all be saying what you're saying if we won this game? If we won Thursday's game, probably not. Just sick of this shit, LMAO. Stop the blame game and take a look at the team as a whole. You know what? We didn't win the game, so that's the, that's the thing. There, there's some truth to it. The team played shitty defense, but Jake well, Allen played here, shitty goaltending. And here's the here's the deal. Uh, last season, I've we've said this a lot. Last season, we won a lot to start the season. Really, we did really well. And Alan Schwartz wa- got injured and in Schwartz, Detroit. But, right, but but during the when we were Offense winning, Alan, Alan wasn't playing very right. well. He was he had a two point seven plus GAA. Right. He wasn't playing very good when we were winning, yeah. and and people weren't really complaining about Alan, but we were. <laughs> I was. I, I I I said you know what? He needs to be better because the offense might dry up, 
and then it did. It and did. Schwartz got injured. Right. And Schwartz got injured. Well, that, that was when the defense was just scoring yes. relentlessly. Right. Joel Edmondson had four goals yep. in six games. Yep. We, Carl Gunnarsson. Yes. I the miss te- Carl. The team was playing very well in front of him. And the thing is, is that he still wasn't putting up good numbers. And we were winning. And people weren't saying that stuff about him. And so she's right there. But it doesn't mean that people were were are would be wrong for being critical of him because he wasn't playing very well. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. You want to take the last one, Jeff? Sure. If uh, this is from a Tom thirty nine on Twitter, he says, "If you think Allen is the issue, then you have a problem. This team defensively is the problem. Too many dumb pinches. Plus, they can't move the puck up the ice." Rewatch the highlights and you will see. Again, like Bill just said, he's right. I mean, he's right that the, the problem with the defense, I think if the defense plays better, they at least have a chance of winning that first game. And I think they definitely win that second game. But again, and like Lou Korak said, you kind of need your goalie to step up and make a big save at some point. And that just still two games in has not happened. Allen is part of the issue. The He's defense is part of the issue, right. and Allen is part of the issue. I, I don't know why people insist on it being one or the other. It almost always is not just one thing that's a problem if there's a problem with the team. It's, it's always a combination of things. And right now, it's the defensive zone coverage and, to a lesser degree, the goaltending. I think, that, I think that's a fair statement. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. So, so does five days off and Joel Edmondson probably coming back change anything? What's what's your prognostication for tomorrow night? I think that this team gonna... not procrastination or procrastinatory. Oh, procrastinatory. Yeah. <laughs> the I think I think this team is going to play a lot better because Vince Dunn's not in the lineup. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think, you know what? I mean, I've they, they should be a better team than Calgary. I don't know. We didn't talk about O'Reilly. and He has four, he has four assists right. in two games. Right. So it's been fantastic. And his face-offs, ungodly. 73.3%. In, at one point in the game the other night, he had over 90% of his face-offs. Yeah, led. yeah. That, that, and and Bozak is is seems like, a, uh, like he's terrible, but he's one in 57 compared to O'Reilly. So, right. so he's been good. Right. So and that and that's fantastic because that was so an issue last year. Translate that. You know what translates that into like a a a palpable tactile stat? Shots <laughs> from the fucking defense that hit the net. Yeah, right. Win the face off, crash the net, take a shot. That's kind of uh, yes. hockey one on one. Yes. So, mm. but I, I I think um, you know uh with. I'm gonna. I don't know how quickly Edmondson will be in game shape, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, so that's that's an issue, a worry. Um, how good will he be tomorrow? Um, they're not playing a fantastic team, so and we're at home. Um, I'm gonna say we win tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna say we win something like three two tomorrow. Three two regulation. Three. I'll say four two regulation. Empty yeah. empty net goal. Empty net goal. Yeah. Uh, so to answer your question, Bill, I don't know if four, five, four, four days off, five days off, whatever. 
Um, I don't know if that's the answer. I, I don't know if it's going to change anything. I hope it does. But what I want and what I'm looking forward to is Saturday the 13th in Chicago. Yes. And then mostly after the Anaheim game on Sunday, uh, which I'll be at, um, they, uh, they, they hit the road for three games. They hit a Canada swing. They go Montreal, Toronto, and uh, Winnipeg uh, the 15th through the 24th. Um, mm-hmm. That is what I'm looking forward to because I think what this team needs is to hit the road. They need to get out of St. Louis. They need to, to stay in the hotels with each other. They all need to, to get together. I think there is a aspect of, of playing on the road that helps teams. And I think the, 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 the togetherness you have on the road on top of uh, just not feeling – because let's face it, this team feels pressure, especially after that first game with the Bronx cheers – this team's feeling pressure from its fan base, which is warranted. I'm not saying it's not, but I think getting on the road and getting away from from what you know and, and the known of, okay, I'm going to go to practice and then go home, take a nap, come back up to the rink, get away from that. And I think that is going to be what helps this team. So that's what I think is going to help this team, not, not the four or five days off. But, but I do see a better game tomorrow night from the Blues. So you touched on the Canadian swing. Are there three worst teams to be playing in the NHL right now? <laughs> That's a good point. The Canadians, like, obviously, I covered this ad nauseum over the course of our podcast. I'm a huge Canadian fan. How the f- fuck are they doing what they're doing so far what is their uh differential here yeah it's it's insane they've uh they've beat the penguins five to one on uh saturday they've only played two games yeah they beat or they lost to the leafs in overtime first game uh but they beat the penguins five to one saturday night tomorrow night i'm i'm definitely tuning in tomorrow night um any ethic any athletic subscribers out there who haven't read the Lyle Odeline story hmm. um, almost died from a rare blood infection. Yeah, I heard about that. So tomorrow night is the 25th anniversary of the Canadians' 1993 team that beat the Kings in the playoffs. Home opener, they're celebrating them before the game against the Kings, and this will be like Lyle Odeline's first time back out. Not, hmm. not he was wow. he was he was kind of a, a second third line defenseman back in '93 for them. Wound up going on to a, a you know a, a pretty solid NHL career, but I'm I am tuning in just to see the ovation that he gets, um, and yeah, it it's it should be interesting, but. Do you want to go up against that team that is right now? They they have belief, and you know that's well, that's it's going to be a tough game. The Maple Leafs, holy shit, they could torch Allen for twelve goals in one period. Yeah, they've they've got twenty goals in four games. Austin Matthews and John Tavares are going to score two goals each in that game, <laughs> at least. If not the uh, first five that minutes of that suck. game, that game it, it's, it's, it's going to be bad. You know what? I don't. I don't. They're, they're going to start Johnson that game. They're going to start Johnson that game. Yeah, I bet you they do. Yeah, uh, smart move. I bet smart you they move do. They do. I I don't think this is going to happen. But let's say the Blues make it all the way to that Maple Leafs game on the twentieth, and they still don't have a win. 
what happens to Mike Yo? Is he still with the team? That they'd yeah. be zero and six, or uh, well, without a win in six. Oh, then. five and one. Yeah, assuming there's no OTLs since uh, or, um, no more OTLs. Uh, okay, well, if they're all five and one, then yeah, there's a lot of rumblings for Yo's job. Who did they replace him with? I don't know. That's... Ruby. I don't know. Mm. I, I'd have to look into it and see. I don't know. I off the top of my head. I don't right. know. That's, that's, uh, that's Dave Tippett. No, you, he's 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 hitched to the uh, the Seattle franchise. That they haven't they haven't granted it yet, but he is he is part of that group now. He's not going anywhere. Just, just wait until the they're, off season. They're going the Vegas route. They've got their guy early, and they're going to stick with him. Just wait until That's the off season and, and sign Quinville. Yeah, <laughs> I I I think that may be it. Just throw in the towel this season and and bring Quinville back. Hopefully that he can get the team to go over the hump just one year before he rides off in the sunset. Well, let's just hope that we don't actually have that conversation in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I think they win tomorrow. I, I think they, I mean, it's, I think, yeah. I think having the, having the five, the four days off uh, is I'd rather have four days off after two games like that than after two wins. Right. And Calgary has not been good so far this year. Right. They lost, they lost to the, the, the Canucks. The Canucks are probably the second worst team in hockey. And and Calgary couldn't. How they do tonight? What happened tonight? Did the the Flames play tonight? They won. I, they won or lost tonight. Do they play tonight? Did they have they they back to back? I don't. I okay. Don't Maybe play. not. Okay. It's yeah. All right. Um. Anything else? Any other tweets? In like a Twitter? No. I don't yeah, know. we got it. We got a couple. Uh. So from DC, who is uh, at Red Panda seventy nine, he says, "I heard that Ponder guy is a big Eric Brewer fan." Huge, like he buys his used to do that. That he buys his used used toothbrushes and toenail clippings on eBay. Uh, wow, I, I don't know who told you that. Uh, I, I thought that was in confidence. I was hoping nobody else would find that out. Uh, and then in the YouTube chat, uh, we've got a couple of comments here. Uh, Trying to find something that's irrelevant. Um, Brady has two goals tonight, last I checked. Uh, from Aaron Knox, our friend Deanna says he scored first and second goal tonight. So that was from our conversation earlier. Uh, Aaron Knox also says, Bill, I can see you playing SimCity. Sorry. Was that what you were doing? Uh, <laughs> I was checking in. I, I was trying to figure out what you were doing because I could see it too. I was checking in. Wasn't um and then he, uh, Aaron Knox also adds goal scoring hasn't mm. been this high since 93, 94, I think. Aaron, I want to say I heard that same stat, so I think you're correct. And I think, and again, we'll see if that holds up. I can't imagine that will. No, it's not. It Again, it always levels out. Every year, like I said, it, it either the goalies just put on a clinic and, and rack up shutout after shutout, or offenses just take control. And by November everything starts leveling out again. Okay. The, the uh, game time folks are getting on the retire 44 hashtag. They have been uh, for a while. Haven't just, they? Yeah. Justin W and Art Lippo, both uh, retweeting the STL history, STL blues history uh, account tonight with the hashtag retire 44. For Jason Arnott. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, 
<laughs> who who else? Daryl Thor. Mario Marois. Yeah. Mario Marois. Um. Uh, Brett Hedekin didn't he wear forty four too? I think he did. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because he couldn't wear three here. Uh, we've got Mario Marois, Brett Hedekin, Terry Hollinger, Chris Pronger, Daryl Sador, and Jason Arnott. Yeah. Okay. Who let Daryl Sador wear forty four? I'm sorry. It, it was a Hitchcock team. Uh, that wasn't Hitchcock, no, was it? Was, wasn't it? Was it 2000, uh, that was 2010. Yeah, that was Hitchcock. That was, 2010 was Hitchcock. I thought he was 2011. That or, was that. That my, was Davis Payne, 2010. Yeah, I thought they fired Davis Payne real early. They did. Well, he had one and a half seasons or one season here. Uh, I didn't think it was a full season. I thought Payne had one yeah. season and that was it. He had one and a half seasons. One I thought. Half. Okay. Let me. All right. All right. We're going to figure this out now because I'm sure there are people screaming at their phones right now because we don't know this offhand. Davis Payne coached from 2010 to 2012. Mm. Okay. So I was correct. So fuck you guys. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> don't piss Jeff off tonight. <laughs> I thought it was a clean hit. That's what I thought. Man, you were really uh, procrastinatory in playing that clip. <laughs> well, I didn't. Uh, I forgot about it. Wait until the last minute. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Um, I think that's going to do it for this show. Yeah. We'll wrap it we're, up. We're an hour and a half in. Yeah, we're, we're more than that. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, check out the website at letsgoblues.com slash radio. And we didn't mention that we have an Instagram account now, which we'll do that to start the show next week. But yes, we have an Instagram account now. It's uh, LGB Radio on Instagram, so follow that if you want to see some... All your seductive photos of Jeff. Yes. Uh, put some Speedo shots up there and everything. It'd be great. Yes. It'd be great. So many dirty, nasty photos. No, don't do that. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Blues 5K pictures. There's yes. one of Kurt giving Louie a uh, high five. Yeah, my one, my proudest moment uh, as an adult. <laughs> I do want to point out, I, I was going to try to make it the whole show without saying this. So obviously, Kurt, there's a picture of him crossing the line, giving Louie a high five. So that means that whoever took that picture finished ahead of him. I wasn't there. <laughs> so right. I wonder who that was. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, I I uh, you finished ahead of me because of my uh, my IT bands on my knees were were acting up about mile two so I had to walk for about half mile and you beat me by like a minute so I also actually just never left <laughs> I just stayed in the same spot until you showed up yes I never actually ran the race I just waited that makes more sense <laughs> uh, that was fun though. Yeah, Kurt and I finished in uh, what under thirteen minutes? Is that right? <laughs> thirteen minutes, yes. The hundred thirteen minutes was that? <laughs> it was. Uh, I was like thirty-one, and Jeff was like uh, twenty-nine 20, and a half or something. Twenty-nine thirty-eight, yeah. I think, is what I was. Yep. I was I, uh, I got home. My wife was like, that, "That's kind of gives me a look when I walk year. in." I go, "Well, I won," and she goes, "What do you mean?" <laughs> I'm like, yeah. "I won. I won the whole thing." See my medal. And, and so I haven't said that. I go, look at my medal. I won. <laughs> and and she's like, you didn't win anything. I'm like, why do you doubt me? Come on. I won. I won. Tell me I won. <laughs>
I think the winner finished in like, uh, was it 13 minutes or 16 minutes? Jesus. 16 minutes, maybe? It was 16 you, minutes. you know what? Okay, here's a little radio rant, which is, it's more funny than anything. I'm not actually mad about this. But I run a lot of 5Ks, 10Ks. You know what's insulting to me is when I'm getting like, you know, I'm like got a mile left and I'm like, all right, I'm getting there. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And then you see the guys who have already finished and they're running back through the race. <laughs> Did you notice that? Kurt? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, screw it's you. Cool down run. Maybe maybe it's a I'm wearing my medal back through you people who haven't finished yet. You got like a half mile to go yet. Here's the medal I'm wearing. I finished. I'm here. I'm eating my protein bar, and here's my smoothie, and I've got my medal, and I'm just walking back or jogging back. There was like yeah, there was like ten of them. They 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 all finished first because I saw them because there's a couple times where you pass, uh, you have to turn around. So I saw them at the front of the line earlier in the race, and I'm you know like I said I'm on like. 2.1, 2.2 miles. And these guys are already like running back towards me. And I'm thinking, Oh, can you please just run another direction? Mm. I feel like such a damn loser. Yeah. So your, your, your time this year was improved though. It was. And I, I, you were at 34 last year. Yeah. Well, I had issues last year too, but the the thing, and I, and I, a couple, a few weeks ago, I was like, okay, my excited, like a, a test run of like uh, two, three miles. I'm like, oh, my knees are fine. But I don't know yeah, what it was, hills. but the hills in Forest Park just killed me. And the, that IT band on the outside of my knee just got just flared up and I was just, it was painful. So I, you know, uh, it was, it was fine. It was, it was warm too that day. Yeah. Not, not to make excuses. Really? It was warm. It was, it was much it was, warmer it than was I thought warm it was. It was warm for 9 a.m. Uh, granted, 9 a.m. is going to be late start for a race, but yeah. uh, it was warm and it was sunny they, and it was. Right. At that point, the sun's up over the, over the trees. It's, it's right. going to bake you. Yeah, and it was and it was fine, and, and it, it was, and I was I was hoping for under thirty minutes, and if I hadn't had that issue, I'd have been at like I don't know, like twenty six or seven or eight or something, and I maybe I was going too fast early because I was like, I was on pace for about twenty five. And I'm like, Ooh. Twice, twice in my life if I run in under thirty five k, that was solo. I, I'm not. I'm not having to dodge strollers or anything like that. The one, the the, the one we did the uh, the craft beer week one yeah. a couple years ago. That was, I I think I was yeah, at twenty nine something. One. Yeah, I was yeah. at twenty nine something. And I was not. And and so I and that was the very first five k I ever did. So, yeah. and Mine I too. yeah, and I was like oh, and I, I ran the whole way and I didn't walk once and I, my knees were fine then. But You're yeah, old. well yeah, I ran a half marathon in Louisiana and that. That that hurt my knees. Well, the Go St. Louis one last year, holy hell, that I couldn't hardly walk after it because that my knees were killing me so bad. I ignored it most of the race. That was a bad. Plus, Kurt, you're you're failing to mention that I actually took a crowbar to both your knees right before we started. You Nancy Kerrigan to me. Yes. Yeah, and you just kept yelling, "Why? Why?" You you do look like Jeff Galuli. (laughs) I take that as a compliment. All right, uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio again. Uh, for Jeff Ponder and Bill Dam, Kurt Price, that will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Let's go blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. 
think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.